going to ruin the Disney magic for a second. I'm sorry. Ten toes down, boys. We're in for a good one. <laughs> well said. All right, my friends, it's Social Q&A Live. That's an epically hard to pronounce name. It is. And then dive into your questions around dating. This much is fucking good at social dynamics and relationships. That's like a shot of a dick. Yo, what's good, my friends? It's Adam here. And welcome to the Social Q&A Live audio strip taken directly from the YouTube live streams, which are currently going down each week, Monday mornings, 10 a.m. Australian Central Time. I'd love to have you in the live sesh. These days, they've turned into these full-on classes. You know, we call them podcasts, but they're really classes in which that I throw questions back and forward with the live viewers and we get the personal context of each person in there. And everyone just seems to grow a lot more nowadays because of it. I love it. Uh, Anything on the world of human interactions, what we cover could be dating, relationships, social dynamics, family relationships, business relationships, things going down in high school, uni, anything that touches the world of these human beings, we seem to touch in social Q&A. So head over to the Bowl YouTube channel and I'll catch you guys currently on Monday mornings. Now, if you guys would like to receive a quick sip each week, just a free email right in your inbox, updating you on what went down on social Q&A live this week, the recap, what other videos went out, what other awesome things are going on in the world? What other additions to the resources of wisdom in terms of books, films, docos, anime, quotes, music, all the things that get added to the resource of wisdom? I update you through this email so you never miss out on any of that. And also it's just a way of me staying connected with you guys in between our live sessions together. So go ahead if you are interested. Every Friday, I send it out. It's free. Boldojo.com. Sign it up. By the way, if you feel like you have not received your email on the Friday, just check your promotions folder in Gmail or your junk spam folder if you're using anything else because uh, it's likely in there. Even when I receive my own email, it still gets every day to get put in promotions. Now, for those of you who are looking to dive into some deeper educational content and level up your performance in this life, we can pick up the guided meditation, Eternal Energy, over on boldojo.com, featuring five tracks that will help you to dive deeper into who you are and evolve beyond. All the reviews have said that it's something that they constantly come back to, that it's something that they will work through and that it's more of a course than an actual guided meditation. Many have also said, Adam, why are you not charging what it's worth? Many have said, I was willing to pay $100 for this and it's because I wanted to make it as accessible as possible. So that it's there if you are the type of person who is aware and conscious enough to want to look at yourself for all that you are and improve so got a meditation eternal energy go get you some also send me a review once you're done as well i'd love to hear your feedback now moving up from there if you would like to dive into one-on-one coaching in which that we destroy your limiting beliefs and construct real action plans to help you perform in your life whether it be purpose, physical, mental, or social development, anything that touches the temple. Even if you want to go up to the inner garden and dive into real ideas of your existence, we can go there as well. I often do. However, it's completely customizable to you. We have one-off sessions. You can go to boldoja.com, book a once-off over 30, 45, or 60 mins, just test the waters, and that'll give you a vibe for it. However, if, and what I do recommend, if you're serious about your development, you can dive into the bold coaching memberships in which there are three different tiers silver gold and diamond which offer different levels of benefits that once offs 
definitely do not get, such as priority messaging. If you wish to have access to my private WhatsApp number and get a response from me within 24 hours outside of Australian weekends, you're going to have to be on a membership for that. And that's something that my clients benefit from tremendously and use tremendously. Also, if you want to step up another level of membership and want to get priority bookings, for those of you who don't live in Australia and struggle to get your time slot in, maybe you're two, three weeks out on the waiting list, well then priority bookings are there to ensure that you get your time preferred slot and that you get booked in over lower tier memberships and once-offs. Now, I'll be here all day if I have to describe every benefit of every tier. So if you are interested, just go to boldoja.com. In the products menu, you can find Bold Coaching memberships and you can dive in yourself. If you have any questions, just slide me an email. There are contact email forms on pretty much every page of the website and we can work it out from there if you are truly committed to developing yourself. Moving forward, if you would like to directly support this podcast, you can do so in two ways, either by going to boldojo.com directly. In the Boldojo podcast menu on the homepage, there is a direct donate link that goes straight through the website if you want to use your credit card, for example. However, if you would like to go through PayPal because that's your uh, that's your shit, <laughs> sure, fine. Doesn't bother me. PayPal as well. PayPal.me forward slash A-D-A-M O-O-I. My full name, Adam Ui. You can donate through PayPal directly as well. Either way, whatever you guys do donate to help support the show. Uh, I know a lot of you like to donate live in the live social Q&As. That's also most appreciated. However you want to do it, it just, it all goes to supporting this, this awesome thing we've got going on between you and I. So I thank you for anything that you have donated or will donate in the future. It really does mean the world to me. Thank you very much. Now, of all that being said, Let's finally dive into social Q&A live. Yes, sir. Let's go. Emotionally? Sure, emotionally. <laughs> it's really key, actually, what I just said, that you might meet someone who is going to offer you the nuance of both energies going back and forward, but you're not ready for it. Oh, man, that's even better. Because, uh, man, okay, let's move on to the next part here. Okay, it's a perfect segue, perfect organic segue to the next class question here. I want to return to the beginning of this podcast. I asked you all at the beginning, what was your natural set point of sexual energy and sexual appetite particularly? On the scale of sexual appetite, from zero being plain vanilla to five being strawberry shortcake sexually curious to 10 being sexually filthy fucking roasted macadamia. You all gave me your idea. No one said they were plain, plain vanilla. I think the lowest someone said was a four. Uh, but most of you landed around five, six, or seven in the strawberry shortcake, sexually curious. I would like to just remind you now, because I didn't just ask that because it was fun. Uh, I asked it for a reason. I want to remind you now to remember what it was that you said your sexual appetite was. If you're just joining in or you joined in after that point, you can just make just decide for yourself now where do I fall on that scale. Go back to the beginning of the podcast after the session's done to get deeper details on it. But for all of you here since the beginning, please remind yourselves where did I fall in the sexual appetite? By the way, if you guys were wondering, because I didn't even tell you where I fall in the sexual appetite scale, it's definitely a straight 10. 100 percent roasted macadamia. And actually the development of that. Like I've always been in the high sevens from when I was early teen, but actually not even. It's like uh Actually, you could say I've always been a nine or a ten. I've had to, 
I've had, and here it gets, nah, it's too good, it's too good. I've had to drop down in levels because of some of the girls I've been with because they're not ready for 10, and that's what it means to be a 10 on the scale of sexual appetite because it's very rare to find people that are absolute 10s in terms of their sexual appetite. And you have to learn to uh, acquiesce to lower sexual appetites and to help other people progress through that. But so anyways, that was giving you a piece of information on me. Now, I want you guys to remind yourselves where your sexual appetite lies because of the next question. Next class question. Based on your sexual appetite, who do you think is the best partner for you? E.g., if you're a plain vanilla, zero to three, or if you're a four to seven, strawberry shortcake, sexually curious, or if you're an eight to 10, sexually filthy, roasted macadamia, based on your sexual appetite, who's the best person for you? Who's the right partner for you? Who's the person that you should link up with? Who's the best partner for you to link up with based on your sexual appetite is the question. Put your answers in the chat. By the way, if you guys are joining this chat right now, drop a thumbs up on the video down below. Help support what's going on here. We're currently about 80... We're probably, No, we're probably in the last part of the podcast before we get to open Q&A. 90%, last 90%, last 10% are here. Because this is where shit starts to become tactical and start to talk about what it means for your relationships now, the people that you actually want to spend time with, your sexual appetite. This is where the rubber kind of meets the road. You put the car together and now this is where things actually run. So you need to think about what your sexual appetite is and who's going to be the best person for me. Because I don't, I mean, how many of you have even thought about the women or men you're about to see in terms of sexual appetite? or get into a more progressed relationship with beyond the first time and go, but are we actually aligned in sexual appetite? So the question is, who should you link up with based on your sexual appetite? If everyone could start beyond, like start their relationships, start their relationships with this question. Not, I don't mean beginning each, not the start of your relationships of how you first met, but once you guys get past your first sexually intimate experience and you sit down and have this discussion, this would be amazing. You would, your relationship would be so much stronger if you could start it with this question, with this discussion. You would have such less problems in your relationship long term if it started on the foundation of getting aligned on sexual appetite. Because really, that's what it all comes down to at the end. You know, people don't like to admit it, but it really is what it comes down to at the end. Other things get in the way, but really, the sexual energy rules all. That's what relationships are. And the rest just gets in the way. <laughs> okay, here we go. I'm coming in here. We got a new person up in the chat. Distract on. You're super late, bro. Good to have you here, though. You're going to miss everything we're talking about. Uh, Renat comes in saying, happy holy, guys. I don't know what you mean by holy, but okay. Uh, w says, both separate. It wasn't an add-on. I would have to rewind the answer, but thanks. Okay, don't know what you're talking about. No worries. Probably talking about something well back. Strackland says, I'm shortcake. So I'm thinking another shortcake would be good because we'd be even. Brandon says, I would say a woman who is either at a seven or a little higher, like an eight or a nine. And I think that's based on Brandon saying he was a seven himself. I'm pretty sure I'm correct on that. 
So uh, Brandon saying there is either someone who's equal to me or slightly a little bit higher. And Strachan saying someone that's even with him. What was the question? Based on your sexual appetite, who should you link up with? Purely thinking in terms of sexual appetite, no other element, no other consideration, not talking about age, not talking about their interests, not talking about anything else, purely based on sexual appetite, which is not to say that that's the only thing you consider. It's just it should be a vast percentage and majority of what you consider. If you guys have different sexual appetites, if yeah, but I pause there. Pause there. Very hard for a relationship to work if that's the case. Shouldn't have even said that. Uh, T comes in next saying, currently I'd like to meet someone with a higher appetite than me so I can learn a bit more sexually. I also really enjoy emotional care, but if I'm not turned on by someone, it just won't work. Ideally someone with both who is older and wiser. So T's looking for the nuance. T's looking for the girl that maybe he's not ready for. That, that's perfect what you just said there, T. Perfect what you just said. Uh, Renak, I keep seeing you put in this. Renak keeps coming in the chat saying, please bring back your old day game videos. Renak, uh, you're, we're not in open Q&A right now. Can you please just keep the chat focused on what we're talking about right now, okay? Uh, first, I'll just answer it in saying no, I'm not going to do that. Just go back onto my channel and watch the video that says the end of day game question mark and you'll find out why. So, but if you keep putting in that in the chat, I'm just going to kick you out of the chat, man. So we're staying focused on the question. If you're going to be here to learn and grow with everyone else, I'm happy to have you. Just, you're just not adding value to the chat and you're being distracting. Okay. So moving on, distracting comes in to say, you don't need the day game videos, watch the live vids and learn the fundamentals. Boom. I don't know. Thank you for that. Distracting. Aran comes in to say, I'd say I'm a five. You have... We're not even going to get into that distraction. I could have just got into a huge fire on that, okay? It's like, go create your own life, all right? Now, we're not getting into it. Anyways, Aran. Aran says, I'd say I'm a five, which is smack bang in the middle of sexually curious, strawberry shortcake. Curious to explore more. So someone in the fifth, uh, in the fifth category to help me explore my boundaries. All right, Aran. Very good. So who, Aran, I think said it best. But I think someone else, Aran, Brandon, and T. Aran, Brandon, and T have said it best. Who else came in though? Someone else said something before that. There was a contrast I was going to give. Oh, Distracon. Distracon was the only one, and fair enough because he's not been in this session. I'm not going to flame you too hard for this, Distracon. Distracon, you're not incorrect, but you're not the best correct. It's like you are correct. In when Distraction said, what was the question? The question is, based on your sexual appetite, who should you link up with? Distraction said, I'm a shortcake, which is sexually curious, somewhere between four to seven on the scale of 10, zero to 10. So, so he says, I should find another shortcake, someone who's equal to me, because we'd be even. The reason why that's good, now actually, I should just go with the opposite. The reason why that's not good is because you won't progress. Unless something happens, and this is just a, a nuance we can never predict. It's a hypothetical we never could predict. We're talking about generalities here. Unless your partner, who's also a shortcake, one day decided, fuck it, distract on. I want to get filthy. I want to go to seven, eight, nine, and sorry, I want to go to eight, nine, and ten sexual filth, which is the dark lands, the brightest of the bad lands of sexual exploration and sexual discovery and the things you're going to do. 
unless she one day discovered that for herself and wanted to go into that, very likely when two shortcakes meet each other, they stay shortcakes. They do the same shit, write out the same shit, and then the sexual energy dies over time. Neither progressing or growing, the energy dies over time. That's what happens to most people who meet their partner at the same level and don't progress together. Now, if you two were to progress each other into sexual filth, but that's not what you said. So, I mean, I'm not trying to flame you too hard because you haven't been in this session, but what I'm saying here is for everyone else, really, because everyone else who's been in the session will understand this quite well, which is why when Brandon says, I would say a woman who is either at a seven, because he's a seven, or a little higher, like an eight or nine, Brandon hits more, gets more correct when he says a little higher. When T says, I'd like to meet someone with a higher appetite than me so I can learn a bit more sexually. Aran says, I'm a five, curious to explore more. So someone in the filth category, which is eight, nine, or 10, to help me explore my boundaries, explore. Listen, as a generality, the person you should link up with in terms of sexual appetite is the person you sync with. The person you link with is the person you sync with. The person who is going to be able to foster and facilitate your sexual discovery. And within that lies, hopefully, the realization now you can see why it should be someone who's at a minimum at the same level, but at a maximum or optimally further ahead. If it should def- None of you got it wrong in terms of saying it's someone lower than me. Definitely not because that's just going to be uh, very painful unless you gave me the nuance of that you're already a filth, which no one said. No one's been, no one else has been in here. See, my answer would have been different to all of you. We'll get to that in a second. But for all of you that answered as who are in the sexually curious stage, anywhere between four and seven, all I needed from you was that it's got to be someone at a minimum, same with me, but more so they have to be higher than me to help me explore. Because it's very unlikely that you two are going to push each other so hard to completely change your sexual desires. It's just that when you find comfort, you stay in comfort. But when you meet something a little uncomfortable, it's like if you're a guy listening to this and a girl, maybe the second or third time you're with her and she says, hey, listen, I need you to fucking pull me by the back of the hair, spank me on the ass until it's red and yell fucking just fucking yell at me just yell at me scream at me and you're not used to doing that you're not comfortable with pulling a girl by the back of the head while you're having sex with her and just spank her until she's red raw and that's a little uncomfortable for you good if she's asking for it and it's uncomfortable for you it's going to push you to grow push you to get further that's why that's the best answer because that there's sync there in which that it's not something that should make you uncomfortable because it's the wrong thing to do. It should make you uncomfortable because you don't know how to do it. And in time, you'll be brought into greater synchronization with her. That's what we're looking for. When it comes to sexual appetite, we're always looking for synchronization. Synchronization, though, does not mean comfortability. We are looking for synchronization in the realm of exploration and uncomfortability. You will only explore through discomfort. The very definition of exploring means you are going into the unknown. That I don't know what it means to have a girl on her knees and she yells at me, come in my face, come over my... And you're just like, fuck, and you've never never done that before. You've never been in that position because every girl you've been with has always wanted it plain and vanilla where she didn't even want to see your cum, let alone have it shot in her eyelashes and be guzzling it down like an absolute... 
Fucking what are those oompa, no oompa loompas? <laughs> the, uh, the Teletubbies. There's not Teletubbies here, right? You know the Teletubbies where they, the fucking pink goo that would come out for their morning breakfast? That's what I'm visualizing. Uh, if you've never been to Teletubby Land and a girl asks you for Teletubby Land, it's very uncomfortable the first time because it's like you feel like you've got no ground underneath you. You feel like I've never been here before, especially with pulling of hair, especially with physical things, the choking, guys who are on the low end of sexually curious and never really choked a girl when she asked for it. When she asked for it and she goes, you better fucking choke me while you fuck me. You better choke me. Fucking grab me there. And she's once it. she's looking you dead in the eyes and her pupils are just boom, full dilated. And she really wants it. Like you always know you weren't comfortable for it when you go to do it. And she yells back at you harder, fucking harder, squeeze harder. And it's like, you're, you're fucking PPM You're trying to, you're focused because you've been used to playing vanilla or low end sexually curious. You're, you're just trying to focus on just penetrating hard. You're just trying to penetrate hard. But then she's also asking you the element of literally squeeze the oxygen out of my esophagus. Like that's what she's asking for. And you always know you are not ready for that when she yells back at you that you're not doing it hard enough. And so you got to increase the tension. But then as you increase the tension on the choke, you lose the penetration down below. So it's this thing of being, I'm so uncomfortable with this because I'm learning new things and I'm not sure about this. And, you know, she's always, depends on her uh, savviness, depends on her ability to guide you through it. Some girls are not good guides. Some girls are not good guides. Some girls just need it fucking hard and good and they just tell it, they just tell it like it is. Some girls will help guide you through it. Uh, anyways, all I'm saying here is that the sink though, should always come through discomfort that would bring you into synchronization. That would lead to more exploration. Who do you want to link with? Those who you sync with. As long as it comes through discomfort. That's just the nuance on the end of it. Not through comfort. Because yeah, you'll find girls that you, or sexual partners, you'll find sexual partners that you link and sync with right now, yet you're at the same level as each other and never push it. And so it's good for now. And so some of you guys, why does that sound so bad? That doesn't sound really bad. Yet not right now. And this leads us into the next problem. It's not bad right now to get with someone that you link and sync with on a comfortable level. Not discomfort or uncomfortable, but on a comfortable level. It's fine for the first uh, six to 12 months, actually. First six to 12 months of your relationship, if you two are both sexually curious fours or fives, strawberry shortcakes, You'll be fine for the first six to 12 months. You'll probably, if your friends ask you, say, yeah, sex is really good. I just really enjoy it. It's such a good time. And you know, there's a lot of good care on the back end as well. But then when you hit the 12-month mark, right, this is very typical. Can be a little bit longer. Can be a little bit longer, not too much longer. Sometimes more shorter. Happens before the 12-month mark. That's why I said six to 12 months. But generally speaking, after the first year of being having sex with the same person, and you guys have not pushed the exploration of your sexual uh, intimacy and sexual energy, what happens is that it dies. Your love for her doesn't die. Her love for you doesn't die. But your sexual stimulation and your get-up ability to get up for her, for her ability to get up for you, dies. Because it's while you, it's just the same thing. It's the same thing. And so you, you guys try to, you might see a sex counselor, you might try and do some things that your friend said. You might try and introduce some low-level things, but the things you introduce were the things that it's like pissing in the wind. For example, 
if you're you two are strawberry shortcakes and the most sexually adventurous thing you've ever done is just brought a little coconut oil in and maybe she had a little she she put some lingerie on and you I don't know if that's about it. <laughs> that's probably about as far as you pushed it for a, a strawberry shortcake on a low end. All right, may, maybe there was a little bit of slapping here or there, maybe, but just on her button, that's about it. You know, that that's about it. Your, your ability to step that up, it's only going to be 1% after that. It's going to be like, well, try this different type of lingerie or try this type of environment. It's going to be small things. It's never going to be a transcendental shift in from a... Let me paint it for you. If you're a four or five, you meet a girl that's four or five, and you both stay at four or five for the next year of your sex together, you're never going to jump to a seven, eight, nine, or 10. It's not going to happen. It is not going to happen. Why? Neither of you desire it, or if one of you desires it, the other is not able to provide it. Yes, sir. <laughs> that came out so good. All right? Because this is the thing. I've experienced this in my own relationships. My friends, I'm so confident in it. My clients deal with it on the day-to-day which is that oftentimes in a relationship when the when it starts to go south, it can always be underpinned by, well, hang on a second. You said that she got fucking mad at you because you didn't bring home the coconut oil. You didn't bring home the the shopping when you said you would. But hang on a second. And Adam, Adam, this girl's telling me. This girl's telling me. Uh, she was my girlfriend. It just went off the fucking handle because I didn't open the door for her the other night. I didn't. I didn't. Yeah, I didn't wait an extra five minutes for her after her bloody soccer match. Like, what's going on here? And then I'll say to him, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, okay, okay, soccer match, didn't open the door. Tell me about what's happening in your bedroom. And he went, what? He's like, what does that got to do with anything? I'm like, it has everything to do with anything, now tell me. And he goes, well, you know, it's, it's fine. It's like, we have sex. How often do you have sex? Uh, you know, two times a week, one times a week, you know. Like, okay, but what do you do when you have sex? Well, we've always done. Well, we've always done. And I'm like, what have you always done? Where do you fall on the spectrum of sexual appetite? Are you plain vanilla, strawberry shortcake, sexually curious, or roasted macadamia, sexually filthy? And he says, well, we kind of met at low-end sexually curious, strawberry shortcake. We're both like kind of fours or fives. And I'd say maybe we're like, because we've been together for a year now, we're like maybe five or six. And I feel like we've progressed quite a lot. He's like, I'm like, give me an image of that. He's like, well... You know, when we first had sex, like the, you know, there always had to be a lamp on and, and, you know, she never really wanted me to really kind of, you know, she would, she would, she would, wouldn't mind seeing my cum, but she never let me come on her face or anything. You know, it's nothing like that. It was just like, you know, we always ejaculate. We always get, we, we both climax and it's kind of like, it's done. And we go, we just do normal shit after that. We just go watch the Netflix after that. Right. I'm like, okay. So where are you at now? He's like, well, maybe. Maybe if she's feeling frisky, she might drink my cum. Maybe. Maybe. But it's like she's got to, something really crazy has got to happen that day. I'm like, okay, okay. So this is happening once, one, two times a week. Okay. And you've been doing this for the, how long? For a year. Same sexual practice for an entire year. I'm like, is there any surprise in your sexual practice with each other? Nah, nah. Is there anything exciting? Is there anything that she does or that you do to her that was just fucking left field that neither of you have ever done before? He's like, no, no, of course not. No, no, it's just, you know, it's, what we, it's good though, but still, it's, like it's not bad. I'm like, I'm not asking if it's not bad. I'm not asking if it's not bad sex. I'm asking, is it destroy your mind, help you to transcend to the next level of human experience good? Is that 
have you ever experienced that over? It's like, Adam, you just said a whole bunch of words that I'm not even sure if I comprehend, but I'm pretty sure the answer is no. And I'm like, this is why at a core level, she's not happy with you not opening the door that you were five minutes too late on the soccer match. At a core level, those are surface level things that are representative of a deep welling of emotion within her. As I said before, in a relationship where things start to split, we always look to the sexual energy first. If one person is desiring something, but the other is not able to provide it, you're going to see the cracks. You will see the cracks in the rest of their relationship. It just manifests at surface level things of that. He was fucking late to my soccer match and he didn't open the door. So fuck Jeffrey. But actually at the core level is that Jeffrey's never done anything exciting for me in the bedroom. He's never taken me to a level of transcendence in which that my human experience was taken to the next level, in which that I orgasmed, in which that it was an orgasm beyond all orgasms and that I just lost all sense of self, all sense of time. Why has Jeffrey never done that for me? Fuck Jeffrey. Going down so deep within her, there's a desire for something more, yet Jeffrey's not providing that. Open lines of communication are required, of course. We'll get to that in a little bit second. But what I'm really pointing towards you guys here, why is it so important? What was the question? The question we described here at the beginning was, based on your sexual appetite, who should you link with? The answer, who you sync with. You link with who you sync with through uncomfortability, through discomfort, not comfort. Because in six to 12 months, through comfort, everything breaks down. Through comfort, that is the, you could just wrap that shit up for all relationship issues in general, not even just sexual but sexual is the core. You stop growing. You stop feeling the discomfort of something new. You stop exploring uncomfortability with each other, particularly in a sexual space with each other. You will break down. You will regress. And you guys will blame it on other issues. You'll blame it on the fact that Jeffrey was fucking looking at this girl at the beach. Why were you looking at that girl on the beach? Well, it's not because, why is that such a fundamental issue that a girl's boyfriend was looking at another girl on the beach? You could always trace it back to, I'll ask the same question, what's going on in your bedroom? If you guys were having mind-blowing, incredible sex to the point of transcendental exploration with each other, it would not be an issue that Jeffrey is looking at another girl on the beach. He'd probably still look, but the reason why you get upset with it wouldn't be the same reason. You might just get upset with it that Jeffrey's a fucking, I need to pull Jeffrey in and fucking squirt all over his face. Right? That's what you get for looking at that girl the other day. You see, the response is going to be very different. It's not going to be, oh, fuck you for looking at this other girl. It's going to be, I'm going to, you're, a, you're a naughty man. I'm going to punish you. Right, that's, <laughs> that's literally it in a nutshell in terms of the different responses when sexual energy is on and sexual energy is off. Fuck. I'm passionate up in here. Okay, let me go into the chat and see what you guys are saying about this. See if you guys actually were on point with this. Distraco says, but anyways, I say I'd like to... I would like someone that's even so we could explore and hike things up together. Yeah, it's so my serious. I get what you mean, though. Dude, just watch it again later. <laughs> just track on. <laughs> uh, Renak said the most disrespectful thing I've ever seen. Renak says, bro, can you summarize it till here? I've just joined late. Uh, Renak, we're almost three hours into this session. It's just so disrespectful. And then Distraction comes in saying, dude, just watch it again later. <laughs> I can sense you just shaking your head because it's just terrible. Man. I've just got the audacity to ask someone to summarize a seminar that's been going for three hours just for him. All right. 
You're really uh, up. <coughs> too much. I can't believe you're even a real person saying that. It's just so disrespectful. Okay. Janu comes in to say, I'm a bit late, but I'm split between wanting to be a guide for girls who are more vanilla and to be guided by someone more freaky than myself. Thank you very much for bringing in that, Jay, because there's a nuance to what I said about you link with who you sing through discomfort. And it's because of the guiding aspects. And I said how my answer is going to be very different to everyone else's answer in here because no one else here has the answer that I have. No one else in here has said that they're a straight 10 roasted macadamia, sexually filthy, go to the, the badlands of all badlands. And my answer is different. It's different for a different reason. So we'll get that in a second. T says, could, could do both of different relationships, Jay? True. Tucking me coming in with a truth, a big, big, that if you are in open, multiple, casual, free relationships, open and free relationships, multiple ones, you can experience different levels of, of what it means to explore sexual energy. Nah, not bad, tucking me. All right. Okay, Brandon comes in saying, I'm wondering what happens if there isn't anyone in the relationship that's a 10. Maybe you are a five and she's a seven and she lifts you up to a seven and now you are both sevens. Where do you go from there? So Brandon, I think I've already just answered that. I'm not sure when you put that in. I feel like I just answered that, which is that because you described it well there from the beginning, if that you were a five to begin with and that she's a seven sexually, that you learn to synchronize with her. She brings you up into synchronicity through discomfort. You learn through discomfort to get there and that now you're both sevens. But listen, the now when she was a seven, Brandon, bringing you up from a five to a seven, that's not her saying to you that I always wanted to be a seven. That's just the point of the inception in which she met you of the relationship. How do you know that she didn't have the desire to go up to eight, nine, and 10? Yet she saw other things in you apart from your sexual appetite, because sexual appetite is not a deal breaker. It's very important, but it's not a deal breaker. It's a deal breaker six to 12 months later on the relationship. Yet it's something that must be addressed from the beginning to not be a deal breaker later on the relationship. That's why you discuss it now. But just because she was a seven Brandon, when you first met her, doesn't mean that she didn't want to experience eight, nine or 10. She just found a guy in Brandon who was a five, but he was so good in other ways. He was into the same things as me. He was a genuine guy. He was direct, congruent, authentic. He'd been listening to this guy on the social Q&A live that also teaches him to cover with empathy. So then when I came home the other day and said that my best friend just literally backstabbed me and I'm absolutely all over the shop, he was actually able to say, hey, listen, tell me what's going on with you. We don't even have sex tonight. Just tell me what's going on with you. It's like, holy shit, how did he learn that from the social Q&A? <laughs> Anyways, put it on. <laughs> and so she's like, she's hyped on the fact that Brandon is learning from social Q&A and learning from all these other different resources and just pushing forward in life in general. It just so happens his sexual appetite is not as high as mine as I would like to. And actually, I'd like to push mine even further. So let me bring him up to sync. Let him come up to sync with me and then we can go together. And then we can then do, as I said at the beginning of this podcast, we can allow, foster our sexual energy together. We can grow together sexually in our self-discovery stages. And if possible actually step into the next stage of life as well in self-creation while maintaining the desire to explore sexually and putting two pieces of the puzzle together. That would be amazing if you two could do that. The only thing that you, I think you're getting confused on there, Brandon, hopefully that, that, not even hopefully, that answers your question of that. 
Oh, actually, I'll just I'll target it even more because the final part of your question was now that you're both sevens, where do you go from there? No, I just did that. You guys just keep growing together because if she has the desire to push, you can push from that point on because you knew what it meant to be pushed and that it's really important to know if a girl wants to be pushed. Communication. Okay. Is that all that we need to discuss on that? Oh, no. I said there's something else, something else that Janu brought up. Janu says that he split because he would like to be a guide for girls who are more vanilla. <clears throat> I said to you, no one else in this chat is of the same sexual disposition, disposition as me, at least live in the chat. There was one guy at the beginning, David, but he got really, he got really off the rails with certain questions. He hasn't been here for, he's not in the session now. There was a guy called David who was the only other person as me who said he was in the roasted macadamia sexual energy skip part of the scale, that he was sexually filthy. He wasn't sexually plain or sexually curious, sexually filthy. He was somewhere between eight or nine, I believe. And what I told you guys is that I'm a straight 10. I, there is nothing that I, basically there's nothing that I won't do. And there's basically nothing that I won't do. I'll do absolutely anything and everything. Sign me up, come at me, slice me up, all right? Whatever she wants, I'm in. She wants she wants a fucking she wants a fucking gangbang. She wants she wants to suck a cock. She wants fucking two in the back and where else she can get with two of her hands, I'm in. Whatever she wants, I'm in. All right. There's nothing that I won't get around with. In fact, even uh <laughs> let's hang on a second. So we're getting too deep on the visuals there. So all I'm saying is that there's a different answer though, if you're on the end of the spectrum. If you're in sexually filthy, you are roasted macadamia level, eight, nine, or ten. And you meet someone who's below you. Well, actually, it kind of answers. I've already answered it just in reverse. Now you can get the answer. So to Jay's question, it's literally how I answered Brandon's answer. It's just that now it's from my perspective or from a male perspective. Jay Nu was saying that he wants to be a guide for girls who are more vanilla. But as we've just discussed, that's not a good matchup. It's not a good matchup to willingly go in and meet someone who has a sexual appetite that is much lower than yours. Because Jay Nu said that he was sexually curious. On the top end, Jane News said that he was a teetering between seven and eight on the sexually sexual energy scale. So what he's saying is that he would like to be a guide for threes and below, which is plain vanilla. Someone who's a seven or eight being a guide for three and below. It's not a good idea. It's a good idea if you're trying to be a white knight, Jane New. If you're trying to get feel just build your self-esteem and make yourself feel good because you feel like you're doing a good thing for them. I can see why it's very egoic, but I could see why you would do that. But the issue is that you will be left deeply unsatisfied. While on a white knight, social justice, social warrior type thing in terms of building your own social cred of I'm a good person because I'm helping this other person. It's like, I can see where that element would come in that I just want to, and even if it's not dark in that way, I'm just painting it in the darkest way possible. It may not even be that dark. It might be that Jay just has a thing of wanting to take sexually inexperienced girls and help them explore, which is fine. It's great. It's not actually though. Like in theory, it sounds good, but the reason why it's not great is because of how it will leave Jay feeling in post. You, you think, here's the thing. Jay, what I'm trying to communicate to you is this. You think that by helping a girl who's so unaligned in sexual appetite as you to explore herself even more. 
you think that in some way that will help her transition one day. Otherwise, I don't know why you're doing it. I don't know why you're doing it. There has to be an element of that you would want her to transition up to where you are someday. Someday. If not at first, someday. Because otherwise, why would you be doing it? I can't really see a, a reason. I can't really see a reason unless you're genuinely trying to tell me that, listen, it doesn't even matter if she doesn't even sync up with me one day. Just the fact that I was able to help her move forward just a little bit, you know, that's, that, that's, that's still cool. In theory, I can see how that thinking, it's so white knight thinking, it's so shining armor thinking. Yet I know the practicality of it because I've been through that. I was once there. I've experimented with that. And what happens is that you're left deeply unsatisfied. Now, if we could take in Takami's previous answer of saying, maybe you could have some of those relationships, but at the same time, have far more aggressive synced up if you're a 7, 8, 9, or 10, be with 7, 8, 9s, or 10s while still having a couple where you help on the lower end. In theory, yes, but it doesn't say much for the subconscious social dynamics that you would be communicating to the lower end girl of sexual exploration in your general behavior towards her. That's why I don't like it. Because if there's such a disalignment between, misalignment between you and her on sexual appetite, you're going to treat her like a lesser of a human being. You're going to treat her like a baby, but not in a good way. You're going to... It's almost impossible that the air of arrogance around you would not infiltrate the relationship between you. It would be better for you to just not entertain sexuality with her at all and just keep it as a wholesome, good friendship. That would be better. But for someone like me, let's give you an example, Jay. For someone like me who requires a sexual appetite of at least eight, nine, or 10, because I'm a straight 10, I need someone in the same spectrum of the scale that I'm in. I need someone who's in roasted macadamia, eight, nine, or 10. For me to get with someone who's a complete other end of it, three, two, one, or zero, which is what you've described, it would be the worst thing that I could do because I know that while I'm with her, let's give an example of that. If I'm used to having a girl say, listen, you fucking tie my wrists, you fucking tie my wrists, you shut the door, you turn the lights off, you open the window wide open so the neighbors can hear, and you shove that cock you shove, you shove that cock in my ass, right? That's what I'm used to. And by the way, you're going to have to make sure you squeeze the life out of my neck while you're doing it. That's what I'm used to. And then now what Jay News trying to say, if we're taking that example, is that I should go down to, if I was him, to go down to the 3210 range of just nice Disney, low-key music, little bit of candle, uh, nice, slow, slow strokes, slow PPM, you know, 10, 10, 10 to 15 PPM. For you guys who know what PPM is, it's my original term, pumps per minute. You know, 10 to 15 pumps per minute, not stressing her out, missionary, and maybe spoon sex at the most. She's not going to see my cum. She's not going to see me ejaculate. Uh, she's going to probably muffle her, her, she's not going to moan much. She's going to restrict her because that's what all vanillas do. They don't, they're not loud with it. Remember what I just painted, Jay? What did I just paint in the 10 of sexual experience where she said, 
close the door, turn the lights off, but open the window so the fucking neighbors can hear. Because what does that infer? She's going to be screaming. But she's going to try and scream while I'm choking her. So it's going to be some raw shit. But what you're telling me is that you're going to then go and, if you're of that kind, of that nature, then go and be with a girl who makes no noise at all, who wouldn't even contemplate you having choked her while having sex with her, that wouldn't even contemplate a 100, 150 ppm, where you're literally, you're fucking so hard that per minute you are penetrating 100 to 150 times. That is just like... Like that, it's like just like, like it's ridiculous. It's that type of pumps, which is the sexual pump that her eyes roll back into the back of her skull. That is a straight ten. Now, of course, that's a high intensity. Uh, that's a high intensity interval that you're not going. No one's going to maintain. If you're doing it right, you're not going to maintain it. It shouldn't be maintained for very long. That should be a ten to fifteen second burst at most. 10 to 15 second burst at most, and then, but the minimum PPM is probably going to be 50. But you're saying we're going to go down to a girl that's only comfortable with 10 to 15 PPM per minute. So that's 10 strokes per minute. You've got to think about how slow that is. That is so gentle, which is what she needs, which is no problem with. That's what she needs. But the problem, Jay, is how. What you're used to is not what you're experiencing. So on a theoretical white knight level, I can see the do-goodedness of trying to help her to explore and take it from 10 ppm up to 20, up to 30. Teach her that it's okay to moan. Teach her that it's okay to, you know, to see ejaculate, to see come, to even taste it, to touch it, uh, to let me go down on her and and fucking ravage her and and let her legs go loose. Don't let let her not fight. Like a lot of girls fight their orgasm girls that are sexually inexperienced they fight the orgasm because all their lives they've been taught that this is not me is i'm the good girl i can't express you know what if people start thinking what if he thinks of me as a slut because i'm so loose and free and you know there's a lot of this conditioning that goes on and so a lot of girls who are in the vanilla stage yeah they have to learn that it's okay to be free This is the core of this podcast. Go right back to the beginning. What did I say, my friends? What signals a person's sexual appetite? The freedom with which they express. So a lot of girls who are in the vanilla stage and the plain zero to three uh, stage, they, they need time to explore that. Yet you're operating on such a different paradigm of sexual experience and sexual energy on the scale that you might not even be able to maintain an erection for someone who's on that low end. Someone who's on the high end is going to be very hard to maintain something for the low end to even get, not only get up spiritually, but to get up physically as well. So Jay, that's why I'm saying in theory, I agree with you. It's nice, but in practicality, it just, I've never seen it work out and I've tried it. I've tried it and it's like, while she had a good time, I left thinking, well, that was just the entree. That was just the beginning. That was just the little vanilla ice cream, the vanilla sorbet at the beginning. Where was the fucking roasted macadamias? Where was me getting roasted? Where was her literally fucking pushing me against the door? Almost almost gave me a concussion while also sucking me off. It's like, where was that Jane? <laughs>
<laughs> oh man. I think I flamed Jay hard enough on this. All right, I hope that makes sense to you, Jay. Listen, I wasn't flaming putting the fire directly into your eyes. Like it's not about you, Jay. It's about anyone that says I'm of a higher sexual appetite and I want to go and actively try and guide people who are on the other end. If they're a couple points below, that's okay. If you're a seven, to as Brandon Cam said, and you meet with a five, yeah, you can bring a sync up. Like you can sync up with people two points, two to three points, three points maximum, but two to three points either direction. There's sync work that can happen there. But to sync someone who's a three to a 10, Because remember, you guys might be thinking, but maybe it's just she just needs to be shown what it means to be a 10. Maybe maybe she maybe she's a 3 right now and just never experienced 10 and one day and would actually like that. Therein lies the contradiction and the issue is that I'm not talking about what they have experienced or what they can do. I'm talking about their desire to experience. When I say sexual appetite, Appetite is just a fancy word for desire, sexual desire. Sexual appetite just sounds cooler. But the desire, the the vanilla is the vanilla because they don't desire the roasted macadamia. The plain sexuality is the plain sexuality because they do not desire the filthy. It's like, let me give you an example. Let me give you an example here. Jane I just want to run this home just to make sure you that this isn't even though you know that I always speak from experience and I'm always giving you whenever I'm giving you these ideas of shut the door, open up the windows so the neighbors can fucking hear. That's definitely based on a real story. But let me just let me give you something here. Just chop the mate. Just hold on to yourself for a second because I'm about to uh, okay. How much context can I give you here without getting in trouble? Okay. I probably can't give you much context on this. It's just too uh it's too intimate. It's, it's ridiculously intimate. It's it's some straight ten shit. Uh, it's like how much am I allowed to share here? <laughs> um, okay, so I think she would be okay with me at least just saying it. There's no way that. Now I'm just being careful. I'm just being careful. That's all I'm going to say, especially when I'm in these live sessions here. Sometimes we go, we get a little too hot with the energy, and sometimes I could be a little too much of a rowdy boy. So let me just say, yeah, definitely no names, definitely no names mentioned. But uh, okay, so she, this girl had sent me a video of her, uh, let's just say, doing some very provocative shit in her bedroom. Let's just say that, and with a certain look on her face. Okay, certain look on her face. Very Jane, as we discussed at the beginning, very angel look on her face, and uh, she sent me a video of her. Just doing some very provocative shit and some very lacking a lot of clothing. Let's just say that. And and she go, and I said I said in response to this video she she had sent me. I said back, I wonder what your face looks like when you take those golden panties off. Dot 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 dot. 
And she responds back saying, make me take them off, Wingface. And I said back, if I was with you, they would already have slid off on their own. I'm sure your pussy gets that wet. And then sends her a video of my own, right? Just whipping that cock out, essentially. And then she responds back saying, that big dick needs to come on my face. And then I say, hang on, I say, I need to go, I need to go somewhere a little more private. And then she comes back saying, listen, set me down, go hands-free. Your body's insanely sexy, you're insanely handsome, and that dick is going to do some real damage. Turn that sound on, let's make you come. And then she sent me, uh, it escalates even more from there. She sent me some uh, videos and photos of just straight, straight, uh, just straight, Straight nudity, let's just call it that. I'm just I'm just trying to be careful with how much details I share. But let's just say everything was being shown. And I said that uh I this you can get an idea of it because of my response. And I say, listen, I knew that pussy would be a work of art. And she goes, Your cock belongs there. Think you can blast it because I want that load. Let me have it, boy. Right? Freaking the sheets, I can tell you like filthy. You're a pleaser and it's hot. I want to see you explode for me. Okay, that's all I'm going to share because otherwise I'm going to get in trouble. <laughs> Definitely going to get in trouble if I share any more than that. So, Jay, what did I, why did I bring that up for you, Jay? Because I was going hot on you for a second. Oh, I just wanted to bring a face to you. Oh, right. Give you a face to that is that if, in theory, that's right, in theory, in theory, in the practicality, if you're a guy who's used to having a girl say those things to you, just like, you're going to spread me out with that monster cock and you need to come on my face right now. You're used to having a girl hit you with that. That gives you that rise. It gives you that get up in terms of sexually, spiritually, sexually, emotionally. Then you try and step down to a girl who would never even think of saying those things. Listen, if a girl's willing to say that to me over text, what do you think she's willing to say to me when we're actually together? That's what I'm talking about here. And so if I'm used to that, Jay, I would never entertain. If I came across a girl who's zero to three, which I do all the time, because you never find out. You never find out until you're actually with them. But when you are actually with them and you find out they are a zero to three in terms of their sexual nature, how about this? With a girl the other night. And, you know, after the makeout, just making out, as soon as I went to go and go straight and go to her nipples, as you know, working down from there, from the neck down to the top of the chest. As soon as I went to massage her nipples, that's when I could sense that she got a little tight and this was a little bit too much for her. She didn't try and stop me, but I could just read her energy that she was not really 100% comfortable. She was maybe 80%, 85%. But even that's enough for me to go, eh, reverse, reverse, okay? And so I, I went back to just make out and we kept it there and she was very comfortable from there. But just going to massage her nipples, that was too much. So she's definitely in vanilla. Definitely in vanilla. Now, some of you might say, but maybe that's just her right now. It's like, maybe when you're just beginning your sexual experiences, learning about this in relation to people, you haven't got a very good read on what people are telling you about what, their comfortable comfort set point is then yeah maybe but i've been doing this long enough i've been exploring sexual exploration for the last since i was fucking i lost my virginia at 16 but was exploring well before that and remember guys when i said i'm a straight 10 of absolute filth my first i lost my virginity having anal sex right that that, that i've always been in the high end of roasted macadamia sexual filth on sexual appetite i've always wanted the dirtiest filthiest shit 
from right when I was 16 years old. That has only increased as I got older. So to, for me to then be, I know, I know the comfort set point. And I've been exploring that since. And I've been with many, many different girls who they're definitely of the vanilla nature. And I never tried to progress it beyond that. Once I sense that there is a vanilla girl in front of me, I will never try and take her up to roasted macadamia. Nor because, not only because, like, and I'm not trying to say that in like a forced way. I'm trying to say that in a good way. I'm trying to say that in the Jay New way. When Jay New's saying, I'm like, well, Jay New's saying he's seven or eight. I'm saying that I'm a 10 because it makes it more extreme because I am. It's like Jay New wants to, the desire, he has the desire to help a plain vanilla girl who maybe one day would like to express a little bit more, but. But it's what does that does to you that you then communicate to her that will make her feel bad. So it's like your heart's in the right place, Jay, but because of how it will make you feel, you can't stop it. When I'm when I'm when I'm there with that girl and we just had make out, I was going great, and I went to go massage her nipples, and I felt I'd get a little uncomfortable with it, and I know that that's not what she's up for right now. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. And so we reverse it, we back it up, and we have we actually have a really good rest of the night. I'm never going to that. Now, don't get it wrong, Jay. It's not that we don't ever see each other again, or we don't try and progress a little bit more and just explore a little bit more. But to be honest, I'm not expecting anything more in terms of not that I was expecting anything in general. But I'm not expecting her to now all of a sudden in the next experience show me. Oh, actually, <laughs> jokes, Adam. I was a ten. Fucking come over my face and whip me, whip me, fucking whip me. It's not going to happen. Yet that's what I need and want. So I'm never going to try and coerce her into that. I'm never going to try and say this is what you should be. Uh, you might. It's definitely the I, like I'm with you, Jay. I'm with you that it it feels good to see to be with a girl who never used to moan because she never moaned during sex because she felt ashamed of it and didn't want guys to think that she was just this loose slut. But why? But why society would even place that on you is ridiculous. And for you to show her, no, be loud, be crazy with it. And maybe you got her from a three to a five. And now she's, she doesn't care if the neighbor's here when you're having sex. That's a win. That's a huge win. And it seems like a good thing. Not with you though. Not with you. Because on the back end of that experience, the fact that you were not given what you needed, what you wanted the most, it's going to change and color your behavior towards her. I'm all for taking low-end sexual spectrum girls up in the spectrum if if they desire it as long as you're not so far ahead of them to the point where it would subconsciously affect your behavior to where you treat them differently as a result of it so to wrap this up jay because i know we're going hot on this if you're on the high end of sexual spectrum of scale of your sexual appetite your sexual appetite is really high you're somewhere between seven and ten you're up much higher it's okay to go through the experience with lower end sexually uh, appetited girls, vanillas, zero to threes, but please stop it when you realize the gap. It's like you can remember as long as a sexual, as long as a relationship between a man and a woman is first sexually polarized, you can always return. You can, it's, it's, the, it's the return of the king, man, in which that. You could give her a couple It's like, listen, this is where we need to stop it here because I feel like we're so misaligned in sexual appetite. And she's like, no, no, we're not really that misaligned. I'm like, listen, let me be real with you. It's like, I want to come all over your face. 
I want to I want to shove it up your ass, and I want you to tell me that you're a bad girl and that you need daddy to whip her good. But I know that's too much for you. I know that that's not. I know it's not you. I know that's not you, and I don't want you to do that because it's not you. So let's just keep it as friends. You know, we had some fun. Let's keep it as friends, and we're gonna keep growing together. Fast forward two, three years, she's had more sexual partners on a similar level of sexual alignment, of sexual appetite, and maybe now she comes back to you as a seven or eight. And now you can go ham. And now you can go hard. That's extremely long play though. But that's the way that I would have it. I would much rather that long play, keeping it as a nice wholesome friendship, first being sexually polarized, find out that we're not in really the correct place of the spectrum of sexual appetite, park it, have a good friendship, come back in three to five years. It'll always be good because it was sexually polarized from the beginning, Jay. Just, it's so good. It's just so good when you can uh, understand your own behavior. And yeah, I like, I like that you had the right mind behind, the right heart behind it, just not the right mind. It was the right heart, but not the right mind and tactics. Okay. 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 Let's move on through this podcast, which we're pretty, much, we're pretty close towards the end here, I believe. Is there anything else that I wanted to... We went on a real tangent there, but it was no, it wasn't a tangent. I wanted to get into that of what happens when you're sexually more... Not only more experienced, but when you have a deeper, higher sexual appetite, but you come across a girl who's on the other end of the spectrum, or just if you're a girl. And if for my girls listening to this right now, please think about this in reverse. If you're a girl who's a fucking 8, 9, or 10, I'm going to go on this. If you're a girl who's an 8, 9, or 10 on the sexual appetite, and you want it fucking hard, and you want to be out in the public swimming pool, you want to be in the movie theater, and you want to drop them panties, and you want them to rail it, but you come across a guy who's that, that vanilla, who's just that sexually plain. So I'm just used to missionary, and i got to have a condom at all times. That's it. That's all I can do. That's all I can provide for you, Jenna. Then Jenna, who's the 8, 9, or 10 that needs to be railed in the back of the movie theaters while it's fucking full almost, at full capacity, yet she wants to sit on your cock while fucking Dwayne Johnson is up in the jungle. That please, Jenna, if you're a girl listening to this, please understand what I just said in reverse. Don't try and push a guy who doesn't have the same sexual appetite as you to sync up with you. Just... Just see, keep it wholesome. Keep it good. You Because remember, Jenna, if you're an A9 or 10, you have the capacity to slow down. It's very different to have the capacity to slow down in sexual appetite than to force up. You, you, know, you, just, you can't force people up, but you can always slow down and then get calibration on where the relationship's at. You know, it's, it's just as damaging for a sexually deep and highly appetized woman to try and force synchronization out of a guy who's not in sync with her. You know, it can damage the guy's psychology and make him think he's not good enough, he's not sexually explorative enough, and that he's just, you know, he's not a man. He's not a man because this girl wanted to fucking ride me, uh, wanted to ride me in the back of a movie theater, yet I wasn't comfortable with it, so what am I, not a man? And it's like all of a sudden you can make a guy feel very insecure about it in the same way that a guy can make a girl feel insecure about it. So it's like when you test the revs, if they're only willing to go between one to 3,000 RPM, that's it. Let it be. Let it be. You can, you can put in your turbo. You, listen, it does. It says nothing for your turbo. Your turbo and your Chueno and your Hachiroku, right? That has got eleven thousand RPM. You can go ride with other SW twenties. You can go ride with the Evo fours, and you can go ride with them, 
right? You go ride with them at the top end RPM. You don't have to go fuck up this little fucking Mazda 2 who's doing one to 3,000 RPM and make him a thing feel bad about being a Mazda 2. You know what I'm saying? Just because you're... You, just because you've got a fucking tricked out Evo 4 doesn't mean you have to make the Mazda 2 feel bad about being the Mazda 2. Yeah? You know. I hope you, you know. A lot of car terms coming in. I'm currently watching Initial D for the second time. Uh, but in English this time because I watched in Japanese the first time. Okay. Let's go back into the chat. Let me see what you guys are saying. By the way, if you guys are enjoying this session, that quite frankly is just extremely sexually explicit. Please drop a thumbs up down below because you're never going to hear this shit from anyone else. Probably because most people will just get ripped off YouTube for it. I don't know why they allow these sessions up, but they do. So <laughs> I shouldn't have said that. Fuck. Uh, they get demonetized anyway. So I literally make no money off these videos because there's no way they can be monetize these videos. Uh, way too friendly, family friendly YouTubers anyway. Uh, okay. So, and yeah, just give me some feedback in the comments down below as well. If you listen to this in post and, uh, big takeaways, big bigs, if you guys are getting any big truths or big bigs from these videos, just drop a comment in post and I love to see those. And I always come back and, uh, acknowledge you guys for that. So going back into the chat, Brandon Cam had come in saying when I helped him out on his question saying, this is, oh, that is helpful, Adam. Thanks, man. Thank you, Brandon. Thanks for being locked in. Jay New says, I see the reverse answer now. I see other things I value, and I think the sexual appetite can come later. Yes, Jay. Yes. Yes, you're getting there, Jay. That's what I mean. I don't think Jay was being such a dark... I don't think Jay New was appearing to be a white knight, but was actually a dark knight underneath in terms of, like, I just want to help young uh, lower-end girls to come up just so I get an egoic ride out of it. I think what Jay's saying there is that he values helping women through their journeys of self-discovery, right? And I, that's great. And I really do appreciate that. I really do agree with that. Just not act, tactif- not very tactical, not done in the right way. So I like that you said that, Jay. I knew that's where you were coming from. He then went on to say, I feel what you're saying on a deep level now. I'm taking the lesson to heart. Andy Hat, oh, and that was a great flaming. Time to run with it. <laughs> Good man. T comes in saying, ah, so much spice in capitals. I think that's when uh, I was reading out that message a girl had sent me about just you need to whip that bad boy out, just come all over my face. Yeah, and Jay New then comes in saying, I'm being super chat spoiled right now. Yeah, we, we, we went hard on Jay New right then, saying, reminding me of my own spicy experiences with the devil. And Jay New dropped a super chat of a US $1.99 with... The, just fist bumping, fist bumping. I've never seen that super chat emoji before. Well, thank you very much, Jenu. When we do get to open Q and A, which is coming up very soon, if you do have a question, all super chats get bumped to the top, and I give more time to them. So Jay's will be the first if when that time comes, if he has a question. I got to see if there's any more that we need to get to here. Uh, but actually, uh, before I do that, let me just read out the rest of the chat. T comes in saying it's nice to talk about this sexually explicit shit in a conscious way. It's so taboo and unspoken most of the time. Word. Word. Dude, dude, I know Takumi is early 20s, but I needed this conversation at 16. I need to hear this shit at 16. Need to hear this shit at 16. So, And at 19. And at 25. Okay, maybe not 25 because I was already well into the journey then. But you know what I'm saying. Like At all stages of the journey, you need to hear explicit shit. Right? Jay New comes in saying, I feel like your son right now. Much appreciated. Oops. 
Hey, I like that, Jay. I like that. I appreciate that recognition and <sighs> your heart's in the right place. And that's what matters to me. That's why we're here in social Q&A. Very rarely do we have someone in social Q&A whose both heart and mind are in the wrong place. Most of the time, you guys just get the mind wrong. And then, of course, the end result is the same. They piss the girl off and they mistreat the girl, but they do it from a good place. And the end result is the same, though. They push the girl, they push the girl away. You know, that's Mr. Nice Guys in a nutshell. Mr. Nice Guys piss girls off, but they did it for the right reason. In the wrong way. They wanted to be nice. They wanted to be chivalrous. They wanted to be so polite to the point of which that there's no sexual energy in the, left in the relationship, in the interaction at all. They didn't, they didn't do that intentionally, though. It's just how it came out. And so the girl doesn't want to spend any time with them. And then they see this girl out on the street next Saturday night, and she's with some absolute street rat, some hood rat, who's treating her like shit, but she fucking loves him. And he's like, what? I was being the nice guy, and she fucking dropped me. Now she's with this Chad of Chads, who's just a absolute cunt, but she fucking loves him. He provides the sexually polarized vessel that we have talked about in previous podcasts. That Mr. Nice Guys just can't do. Right heart, wrong mind. All right, it's painful. Mr. Nice Guys, because I was once there. I was literally once there. There was one time, my friends, very early on in my journey of cold social dynamics, one of my first ever uh, absolute straight tens I ever approached, and she was a good 15 years older than me. I was 19 at the time, Rundle Mall, Sunday afternoon, Matthew, rest in peace, my man, Roy. We were there in Myers. Rundle Mall, we're coming down out of the mall, absolute teed. One of the most attractive Asian women you ever see. She's like Thai fellow, but just tall, just a fat, fat booty, tie ass jeans, small pink crop top, just so a fashion was all over the place, but long brown hair, super tanned, right? Definitely, definitely had a couple bolt-ons, as Roy would say, definitely some implants. Just her body was amazing, but her face, everything, her makeup was immaculate. She was just like such a, such a, princess isn't the right word queen she was an absolute queen and she walked out and i'm like i was shit scared of time i was just learning cold approach and i'm like but fuck it like my heart was literally you could see like in like fucking tom and jerry you could see my heart coming out of the chassis and i'm like i've got to go even though i know that this is i don't allow those thoughts to come in but i know i gotta go and so she's probably at least 35 i'm 19 at the time go right around in the middle of the mall late sunday afternoon stop her right there I probably squeak out. I thought you were amazing. I just thought you were amazing. I had to say hi. My name's Adam. And she's just, she's so happy. She's like, oh, it's so nice of you. And we get into a great conversation. I didn't know any, I didn't know any of the principles. I didn't know any of the principles about open qualification investment clothes. All I knew was that I had to go and tell her that I, I thought she looked beautiful and amazing. And she just respected the confidence enough. We had a great conversation. I find out that she's a flight attendant. She's only in here for one night. One night, she's here for one night before she's got to fly back to the United, the United Arab Emirates, the UAE, and she's staying at the uh, fucking Hilton Hotel, which is down the street. But little little puppy dog Adam didn't know. He didn't know. She was. She had nothing else to do. She was just shopping in the mall, killing time. She was doing nothing that night. I found out all these things. We'd been standing there for a good 10, 15 minutes. Right? I didn't know anything about instant dates. Those weren't invented yet. I hadn't thought out the process of these yet. I'm just there, just amazed that I'm even talking with this woman. And then, so I do the best thing that I think is the best thing to do, which is, oh, well, you know, I should get your number and, you know, well, I guess maybe we could potentially meet up tomorrow because I think her flight was later the next day. And so I thought that was the best thing you can do. 
And then, so we exchanged, exchanged details and had a couple really cute texts on the end. I wish I still had the text. It's on like five phones ago. But, you know, she thanked me so much in a long message saying, you're such a cutie, such a great time with you. Thank you for coming up. And, you know, we tried to organize for the next day, but shit got in the way. She had to go meet up with someone else and I never got to see her again. Yet, when I went back to look on the conversation, the text conversation, I went back and looked at it. And I remember sitting down with Roy going, why didn't you try and meet up with her that night? And I just like broke my heart. <laughs> it's like... It's like, she was free that night, yeah? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. She wasn't doing anything that afternoon, right? Yeah, yeah. So lack of social dynamics, lack of experience, lack of skills. Doing the best I could though. And I look back on that experience and go, but I'm never going to make that mistake again. Never going to make that mistake again. I'm not sure why I brought up the story, Jay. <laughs> was it because she was just so sexy? I don't remember why. I do not remember. I, but I fucked it. I fucked it hard. The lesson from the story was that take advantage of what you have right now. Right, you had a time to go over now. You could have gone on to her apartment that night. Could have gone out for a drink that night. I was of legal age. I could definitely go out with her that night. Why didn't you? Because I was Mister Nice Guy. Oh, Mister Nice Guy Puppy Dog is why I brought this up. At that stage, I was still Mister Nice Guy Puppy Dog, and it fucking hurts because. The end result was the same. My heart was in the right place. I was taking things at a nice casual pace. Didn't want to push it too much. But listen, she's, she's an older woman, 35. She's got one night in the country. She probably wants it fucking hard and good. Uh, she was definitely giving Then I look back on the, the way she texted me and I remember looking back on the interaction why how she just lingered around and had nothing else to do. She was waiting for me to lead. Yeah, I wasn't able to. Mr. Nice Guy. So you miss out and you grow. And you grow. The pains of being a Mr. Nice Guy is all I think I was going on there. So anyways, uh, Jay, I appreciate that. Uh, Eric comes in saying, got to bounce with the piece, fellas. Distracon uh, says, later B. Jay New says, fucking A. 19-year-old Adam was a G. Was such a G, lol. Love the brutal honesty. It's like, dude, I, I was a gangster, but not gangster enough. Not gangster enough. Gangster enough to do what most others wouldn't but not gangster enough to push myself at that stage. Because I knew it in the, t- in the moment. It wasn't, like, uh, it wasn't like I was dumbfounded or like the idea of an instant date wasn't there, even though it wasn't invented at the time. It's common sense that if she's just got nothing to do, surely go do something with her, right? <laughs> but because you're such a Mr. Nice guy, even though you know, you feel it, you know, you could feel that, oh, we could do something here, but you just stand there. You just fucking stand there and you keep talking chop. And you know you should have just said, all right, listen, let's go get a drink. Let's go get dinner. All right, let's go. That's all one step to the left he had to do. But one step to the left is huge for a 19-year-old who's still a Mr. Nice Guy. It's a completely different way of being. So, so anyways, let's, uh, let's, let's piece up this sexual appetite. We went on a couple tangents. Let's piece up the sexual appetite. Is there anything I've missed here? Yeah, link with who you sync with. That was the last thing we had got. Oh, oh yes. There is one more question I was going to hit you guys with. Thank God we went back to it. And there's also, there's two questions. There's one more question on desync and one question on the bonus round. Okay, so next question, my friends. On this idea of sexual appetite. For those of you who've been following along, you should be able to nail this. 
what happens? What do to do? The dos to car. What to do when you fall out of sync in a sexual relationship? What happens? What should you do when your sexual appetite falls out of sync? We've been talking about primarily how to bring it into sync, how to screen for sync. But what happens when it desyncs? What to do? Let me give you an example. Let's say you've been with, let's say you're a seven strawberry shortcake sexually curious, right? You like to get some lube involved. You like to get some coconut oil involved. You've started to experiment with blindfolding each other. You started to experiment with a little backdoor action, a little pump in the backdoor action. But it's just maybes. It's maybes. It's like touch around, feel around. But you two are on the same level. You're synced on that and you're comfortable with everything underneath that. So you're giving each other good PPMs, but now you're starting to get curious about exploring some sexual shit. That's where you're at. Let's say you've been together for about six to 12 months. But now there's a huge drop off. Now, all of a sudden, it's become very obvious between the six to 12 month stage. While I was a seven, she's now gone down to five. What to do? What do you do when the desync happens? Yeah, because this is actually the reason why I wrote this down in my notes and prep for this session is because that's quite common, is the desync. We, we loosely have touched on elements of this throughout the podcast, but not directly. This is definitely a part of the podcast I need to have in the time marks because for guys who are in six to 12 months relationships or women in six to 12 months relationships, it's very likely in that stage that you will see a desync if there's going to be a desync. Between six to 12 months, a desync of sexual appetite. What to do? What would you do if you're a seven who's not only just a seven, but maybe a seven who's looking to push eight, nine, or 10, but nonetheless still a seven, but you notice your partner drops off. Sexual appetite just actually regresses and falls all the way. Energy dies off down to a five. No longer willing to explore or push. What are you going to do? Jay New comes in with the first answer saying, well, if you're coming from a good place and you want the best for both, aka continued growth and development, then you encourage the path of learning and growing with others and you can always revisit. Long play, as you mentioned. Okay, so Jay, are you saying that you encourage the path of learning and growing with others? Are you saying split? Are you saying doing that together or split? That's a key definition I need with you there. It completely changes which way you go with that with your answer. Like the outcome of your answer changes based on whether you're saying continue growth and development as you encourage the path of learning and growing with others together or separate. Takumi comes in saying, never thought that would be a thing in relationships. I would say have a direct chat. What I want, where are you at? What does this mean for us together? Also depends on what style of relationship. I love the beginning. I love the beginning, T. Well, not the very, very beginning. It's just a commentary and you never thought that would be a thing in relationships. It's one of the most common things in relationships is desync. Uh, but the next thing that you say, Takumi, when you say, I'd have a direct chat, what I want, where are you at? What does this mean for us together? Bang on. Bang on. Key point I was looking for in answer to this question was acknowledgement. Acknowledge the desync. What most partners do in a particularly monogamous relationship when the desync of sexual appetite and sexual energy comes on, one's a seven, one drops down to a five, they just brush it under the rug. They just don't talk about it because 
whoever's the seven is used to zero to five. You can do zero to five just fine. They're just not getting that little extra that they're used to. So it's like not a deal breaker necessarily at first. Over time, it will be though. So awareness, absolutely. As T said, we need to sit down and have a direct chat. You know, what I want, where are you at? What does this mean for us together? Nailed it, T. Well done. Uh, Depends on what style of relationship. That's where not as much as you would think because open and free, if there's a decent in sexual intimacy or closed and locked monogamy and there's a decent in sexual intimacy, it's just as important either way to have open lines of communication. The result of what happens is probably where it differs, but the cornerstone of we need to address it and acknowledge it, that's really the foundations of it, which you already nailed. So well done. Jay New comes in with some reiteration saying, I tell her that this is as far as we can take each other at the present moment, and I'd say splits, hence the revisit. And so it's, it's Jay's building off his previous answer that was much more deeper, saying, but so now he gives me context. Jay New's initial answer was, if there's a desync in sexual intimacy and sexual energy of appetite, you want to encourage the path of learning and growing with others and you can always revisit long plays you mentioned later on at another time, effectively splitting up with each other until there might be a synchronization again. So Jay, your outcome is good, yet your work to get to the outcome is not there. So what Jay you have not given me is what Takumi gave me. Takumi gave me the work to get there. The outcome is what you've given me, the a work is more important, as you know, though, than the outcome. The work to get there, which is the acknowledgement of our desync, the sitting down and having a direct conversation with her to not brush it under the rug, to be empathetic about it, to not shame her for it, to not put pressure on her for it, not to try and change her as a result of it. Uh, this is a mistake I made, man. And I don't want to start crying in this session because it's been too sexually explicit. It'd be too much emotion. But I've made mistakes in past relationships where a desync happened in sexual intimacy and sexual appetite, and uh, I tried to get her to sync up, sync up, and you know, it's, and she tried her hardest, and it actually only pushed me away further. It was my fault. I literally pushed myself away. You know, she because of what I said before, Jay, that a girl's or anyone's ability to sync up is only going to be one percenters. No one who's a five is going to sync up to a ten. At most, they might be able to sync up to a seven in that time frame that you're with them. In a relative time frame, like the next meaningful one to two months, you know? So so the work to get there, the work to get there is a mistake that I made is that it should have just been acknowledged. We desynced in sexual intimacy. But Jay, I like the other stuff you said about growth and development. That's okay. It's just that the fact that you're saying... That I tell her that, well, the fact that you didn't say that is what I'm saying, that you didn't bring that in, okay? Uh, but you telling her that this is as far as we can take it at the present moment, and we split, but, you know, we keep a good relationship, that's fine. That's all good stuff. I just need the work underneath it. Distraction comes in to say, if she goes down, I dial her back for what she's comfortable with, but it's me getting frisky, I'd let her know what's up and probably talk to some other girls. That's if I'm really down, but I have, but I know myself and I'm quite patient. Says the guy that goes off on people, lol. Hey, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not enthused of that distraction. I'm not enthused. Here's why. 
When Strickland says if she goes down, I'd dial her back for what she's comfortable with. So what you're saying there to Strickland is that because someone else desynced to a lower level of sexual intimacy, you're going to try to stifle your own. That's what you've told me. That's why I'm not enthused in what you're saying. That's not a good move. You're going to resent her. You got you. If you're enlightened enough, you'll resent yourself. If you're not enlightened, you'll resent her because you'll blame her for the fact that, well, I had to make myself more sexually comfortable because of her comfort level, which was lower, but now I'm not getting up on it. And that's her fault. That's a really unconscious way of thinking about it, which a lot of people would do. But if you're a little more conscious about it, you would go, fuck, I fucked up because I stifled my own sexual energy in order to request to hers. And so now I resent myself for making that mistake. So either way, it's going to end badly with what you just what you just said. In the second part of what you said, if it's you who wants to go up and that, and rather than her not wanting to go down, but it's you just wants to go up, but she doesn't want to go up, then you start to talk to some other girls, uh, the worst thing you can do as well. Worst thing you can do, I made that mistake as well. Reason why that's the worst thing you can do is because you cannot change the T's and C's of the relationship on the woman. That's not what she signed up to. What Distracon is effectively dis- demonstrating there is that let's say they're six to 12 months in a relationship and that he all of a sudden wants to go from a seven to a nine or 10 on the sexual intimacy scale of appetite, but his girl's not willing to, that's just not her, then he's going to attempt to change the relationship to open and free, which would allow him to go see girls who are eight, nines and tens and allow his girl right now to see other guys on the same level as well. But they'll still be together. Never going to go down. Never going to go down. In fact, you would just make her feel shit because that's not the T's and C's you signed up to. That's not the T's and C's she signed up to. What did she sign up? She signed up to. She signed up to a guy who was of the same or similar sexual appetite to me that was going to be just with me. Now he's trying to change the play because he's getting sexually frisky, and and now why I have to change? I have to just do what he says. Like it's really poor there. Really poor there, Distraclon. So you got a lot to work on on that one. Okay. Would not recommend either of those moves. Brandon Cam comes on to say, I'm not sure about this one. I'd probably seek a sex therapist. Brandon, Brandon, I'm again not enthused with that as well because I feel like I know why you're saying that. Although it's so general, there are so many reasons you could be saying that. You could be saying you're seeking a sex therapist because uh, you want her the sex therapist to help you two to get back in sync, that would be the probably the night the best way of your best rationalization. The worst rationalization would be that I would seek a sex therapist to help her with her issues of not of getting desynced. That would be the worst one. But either way, I'm not happy with either of them. Because Brandon, what you're not giving me there is what T's given me is an acknowledgement that this is just who she is and this is where she's at. Why do we need to change her? Why do you need to change I think like where Distracon and Brandon have messed up hard here is that there's no need to change her. The desync isn't a problem. The desync is what it is, but it is not a problem. It's not a problem that you two had a six to 12 month relationship that was great. And then all of a sudden, throughout the journey of life, you became wanting to search and discover sexually, discover new levels of exploration in that world. You want to go from seven to 10. She just wasn't willing to go there. Or on the other end, she just dropped off. She went from having some sexual discovery intent, but now I don't let that energy die and I focus on other things. So she drops from a seven to five. That's not a problem. It's not a problem that it, the desync happens. We don't need to change the desync. 
There's no need to fix the desync. It doesn't need to be fixed because it's not a problem. It just is what it is, which is why Takami nailed it the most. And he said that we just have a direct chat with her. We don't sweep it under the rug. So neither do we sweep it under the rug when someone gets out of sync with us sexually. We do not sweep it under the rug, nor do we attempt to change them. We purely acknowledge it for what it is and make the mature, accurate, and responsible decision that is best for both of us in terms of our growth and development. It's all love. It's all peace. It's all joy. You know, I never owned you and you never owned me. So if we need to split as a result of us falling out of sync sexually, I'll always hold the best for you and that's going to be the best for both of us. No judgment, no hate. Never going to try and change you. Never going to try and make you anything that you're not. I love you for you. definitely something I needed to say to a girl in the past and I apologize for that because I did the typical male thing of attempting to change change her how do you think that worked out not very well not very well it's okay in between us now but as I've been i will rawly and openly share extremely sexually explicit details from my own life with you guys and girls here i'll also tell you when i rawly and royally fucked up and made very big mistakes otherwise how would i know what the lesson was how would i know that brandon and distracon were going to make these mistakes i made them myself and it's all it's all good though like it's it's what it's necessary you never think it's necessary but if I ever do, if I say, if you guys, I say all of you as my children, everyone, all beings, all is one. But even if I did have an offspring directly from my own physical mechanic, I would want him to make the mistakes that I talk about. I would want him to make the mistakes because it's different. Knowledge and wisdom are completely different. Knowledge I have very little care for. Wisdom I have extreme care for. Knowledge is, is just purely theoretical. Knowledge is just what someone else has told me. I need wisdom, which comes through my own experience, my own reference of having either succeeded or failed, preferably failed first. And then through the reps, the reps of failure, learn what it means to succeed. That's the path I'd rather. Not that you could ever def- choose your own path. It just so happens that the journey often happens that way anyway. You just got to fuck it up so many times until you get it right. If only beginners understood that mentality. <laughs> I'm just thinking about some of my uh, beginning clients who have just completed a couple of 30 day challenges. Shout out to uh, shout out to Cross- uh, shout out to Mr. Krabs uh, up in Melbourne, aka Jay. He knows who he is. Uh, who just completed his first ever 30 day challenge after a shit fight through the first one, which was a complete failure. But now he's completed his first one. Amazing. And uh, one of my other clients. Uh, what's another Spongebob character I can use? Sandy the Squirrel, but he's not a girl, so I can't use Sandy. Uh, whatever, Plankton, Plankton, we call him fucking Plankton over in the US who also just completed a challenge. Two beginners at the moment who's just, who are going through that very process right now. If only they could understand that, just fuck it up so many times until you get it right. And then you would learn to love the fuck ups. Us. Okay, moving on here. Distracon says... Oh, damn, now I feel bad. I didn't think about it like that. <laughs> talk, talk about it to see what's best for both of you and break it off if needed. Got it. Good man. Good man, Stryker. Yeah, fuck it up till you get it right. Okay, 
So, uh, yeah, we got the Takami was the best answer on that question for sure. Now let's move on to the next. Uh, this is the bonus round question. This was just a question that I wanted to hit towards the end in case it hadn't already organically come out. And let me just make sure it hasn't so we're not repeating. And then we'll get the summary and then we'll go into open Q&A if there's any questions on just anything in general. How important is the sexual energy in your relationship? We have somewhat already tapped on this. In fact, I think if you were to go back through the podcast, we definitely have already addressed this very specifically. Yeah, I just want to wrap this as a key. This, is, this would be a bonus question that's going to lead us organically into the summary of this podcast, this seminar, which is very simply, my friends, what is the importance of the sexual energy in a relationship? Whether it's open and free, closed and locked, you know, whether you're a casual or monogamous relationship, doesn't matter. I'm simply asking the question, what is the importance of the sexual energy in a relationship? This is, we often finish social Q&A with the bonus round question, which is simply just a free ball. It's where there's no one right answer. You can definitely be wrong, but there's no one right answer. It's just to, it's a, it's a great sum up. It's a great cap, cap off after you've been through three to four hours of straight instruction of very detailed stuff to just take a step back and look at what have we done here. And we think about sexual appetite. We think about the discussion of sexual energy on a spectrum, on a scale not only from the women that you want to fuck like an animal and the women that you want to raise your child to the woman that, and what that means in reality of the short-term fire versus the long-term warmth. We talk about what it means to be in sync with someone who's going to be the best partner for us based on their sexual appetite. We think about all the things we've been through in this session and you can just step back for a second and go, well, how important is it really for the sexual energy to be in a relationship? The importance of sexual energy in the relationship. Great summary answer, uh, question. I'd like to see what you guys think and we'll roll out the session with that, okay? Oh, I'm just noticing there is one person who is obscurely missing from this live Q&A and that's Ben Highland. This is the first session Ben Highland's missed in a long time. Oh, no, it's not. No, it's not. He's been here for the last three, but he missed two in a row before that, I remember. It's just that when you guys have been here for like three weeks in a row, I feel like you've always been here. Shout out to those who have been here all season, though. Okay. All right, my friends. Don't If you guys are tapping away, don't make it too complicated. This is just the final question of what is the importance of sexual energy in the relationship. I'm just looking for anything that would signal to me what you've learned in this session. If you can bring together the elements of what we talked about in this session, and we go through, we've actually been through a lot. When you just talk about going through four hours worth of shit, all right, short-term versus long-term sexual energy, scale of sexual appetite, all right, the sexual energy spectrum. That was a very, very deep part of it as well. And just the overall linking and syncing. I would just like to see if any of you have a, uh, a good sum up and a good takeaway from all of it. And as I'm waiting for you guys to tap into that, what I'm going to start to say here towards the end and give you guys my own summary is that as depending on where you are in life, and this is why it's so important. I'll bring it right back to the beginning here. The reason why we did this podcast today, this topic of the seminar, is because it's something that I'm literally seeing in my life right now, where there's literally one girl who's just the filthiest of the filthiest. She's just like me. She's straight 10. Right? Straight 10 on scale of sexual appetite. She just wants me to do the worst and the baddest to her, for her, to me, for me. But I get no love on the back end. And it fucks with you spiritually. Fucks with you spiritually. Because there's no care. 
there's no desire to be there emotionally. Don't want none of it. That's what makes her so good. And then there's another girl that I'm seeing that is the complete opposite. Just mother of mothers, just sweetheart of all sweethearts. Just, yeah, go ahead and raise my children. Go ahead and see me off on my last day of life before I have to go face the invading hordes and you take care of my children. And she's just that type of girl. But I don't get that rise. I don't get that rise. I can't get up for her. Like I, I could probably get up for her, but I can't get up for her. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's like I can get up for her because I want to go down to Lake Akana and just watch the sunset go down. You know, because I want to, because I want to watch the leaves blow. I want to watch the leaves in the wind of her, and I want to watch little kids running around and see her interact with them, see her care for children, see her be the mother, see her utilize the best of her abilities in this stage of self-creation of being the type of woman that is just uh, there for the aftercare. She's there for the aftercare, not only of me, but of what potential children would be. That's what the vision is. That's what I feel from her. That's what I see from her. And it makes me feel so warm and cuddly inside. That's the vibe that I get. But at the same time, it's not dangerous. It's not dangerous. I'm not going to get in trouble with her. She's not going to bring the trouble to me. Right? So it's quite a... It, that fucks with you spiritually. And that fucks with you spiritually because you see something so 100,000 zenny in her that that you don't see very often. There's not that many girls that are in the self-creation mode and are owning it that really can give you that vibe of actually it's genuine. And they genuinely are in a place where this this is a girl who's fit to be a mother. You know, like it's, it's a rare quality to find where it's so wholesome. You just so... It's like it just gives you, it overwhelms you in a way. But because of that overwhelming nature, it fucks with you spiritually that I'm not as sexually attracted to her as I am with this other girl who I definitely don't want raising my children, but I need to come on her face and she's asking for it. And that she, she just wants the filthiest of shit and I'm so sexually attracted to her because of the energy to the point where she doesn't even need to show me naked. We don't even need to be naked together nor show me visuals of her nature of her naked we don't even need to be having sex yet just the idea of thinking about her just looking at her face visualizing her face gives me a hard on like that's that level of filth sexual attraction do you see the polarity fucks with you on such levels such levels and so yeah it's it's been a, it's been a great wrap up to the session i've got a couple of things from you guys to say now i'll just read out here because i asked for some summary and then we'll get to open Q&A, okay? Uh, but it's, it's, uh, it, it's a point of learning. It's a point of learning that when I say it fucks with you spiritually, I don't mean like I'm losing sleep over it. I don't mean that I can't function as a man. What I'm saying is that it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a point of friction in which that you have to learn to get smooth with. That it's, it's not easy to maintain these multiple open relationships where you get so much of what the other doesn't and vice versa. And that you know that there's a limit to both of them. There's a limit on how much time you can spend with the sexually ravenous filth girl who who wants to drain you of your bodily juices all day long. You know that that relationship's only got a time limit. It's got a time limit on it. You can't spend your life with her. On the same time, there's a time limit to the girl who's mother of children because you know that 
to the question of what I asked you guys, what's the importance of sexual energy in a relationship? Hopefully some of you can answer that question and understand why there's a time limit to the mother of children who can only give me the mother of children energy. And she can't give me the fireworks because at some point, as a hot-blooded male, I'm going to want to reach out for sexual exploration, especially being a tent, right? And we haven't, there's something maybe more we need to go into there. See what some of you guys have to say here. Okay, so the final question I asked was, what's the importance of sexual energy in the relationship? Just a nice free ball. I'm not going to grill anyone too hard here unless you're really far off. Uh, it should be, it'd be hard for you to be far off though. You could get an answer to this. So Jnu comes in to say, the importance boils down to the way you relate to and act around the other. Everything else can be boiled down to the bedroom and the macro shows you where you're headed and where you want to go in your own life. Word. Word. I'm just rereading it now. Word. Everything else gets in the way. Absolutely, Jay. Everything else gets in the way. The importance of sexual energy is that it does boil down to, as Jay New said, the way you act around each other, relate and interact. If the sexual energy is off, how you relate and and interact with each other is going to be off in everywhere. Well said, Jay. Good summarization there. W comes in to say, it allows the other person to know where someone is at and gets them to think if to keep this going or to keep looking while staying. Or I've learned nothing, I think not. It's not a great, it's not, it's not a great answer, W, but it's not a bad answer. Uh, I agree with the beginning where it says, it'll, where you say it allows the other person to know where someone is at. I like that bit. But then when you go on to say and gets them to think if to keep this going or to keep looking while staying. I don't like that last bit, keep looking while staying. That's a, it's an immature mindset. It's like set up the relationship in a way in which that you can keep looking while looking. There's no staying. Staying means that you're giving them the idea that you're going to be one and only. So no, be mature about it and say, if I'm looking for looking, then I'm going to be open and free. That's what it means. And I want you to be open and free. If you're looking to stay, lock it down. Either be open and free or lock it down. Or there's hybrid of sexual freedom, which is a different thing, which is too nuanced for this discussion. But generally speaking. Brandon then comes in to say, it is a good measure, the sexual end, uh, the question of what is the importance of sexual energy in the relationship. Brandon says, it is a good measure of the creative potential, growth, forward momentum of the relationship. It is where the deepest connections happen between two people. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, listen, no one's going to get 100,000 Zanny for this question because it's just a free ball. There's no specific answer I'm looking for. But if that answer is of the caliber of 100,000 Zanny, you already got 100,000 Zanny in this answer. Like you have to step it up. Uh, if you wanted to, that's a very good answer. Though. I really like that. It's a really, it's a great summary, Brandon. Uh, apart from your boo boo and the sexual therapist, everything else you've said this session has been intense. And if that's your only boo boo in this session, you've done really well, Brandon. Uh, I love that. It is where the deepest connections happen between two people. That is what sexual energy is, and that is the importance of sexual energy for sure. Oh man, everything else is just chump. Everything else just gets in the way, as I've been saying. Everything else gets in the way. Uh, let's move on here. Who's next? Distract one comes in. Okay, let's get it, Distract. He says, the sexual energy is important because that's what lets us attract on a base level. In brackets. Because otherwise, you two wouldn't be talking. In brackets. But since everyone's at a different level, you've got to sync. So, 
the relationships enjoyable and talk it out whenever there's desync. Ah, distract on learning from his boo-boo earlier. Good learn. Good learn. I like it. I like it when you guys can recorrect yourselves in the session. That's good. So let me just go back there to Strack and let me just digest what you said. Yep, when he says that the sexual energy is important because that's what attracts us on a base level. So just track on just being very tactical there. Brandon went very high level uh, spiritual with me, which I love. And Strachan's just gone very tactical, just as good. It is definitely the key basis uh, of attraction when we talk about physical mental. Not on the spiritual, but definitely physical mental. Uh, and then he went on to talk about sync. Yes, and absolutely, the sexual energy tells us all about the sync. Absolutely. And what happens if we need to desync? Very good. Very good to strike on. Good summarization. And you weren't even here from the beginning of the session. You missed a lot of good shit at the beginning of the session to strike on. Uh, you missed probably at least three quarters of the podcast, if not more. You missed probably about 70% of the podcast. Tuckerman comes in with his answer to the summary question of what's the importance of sexual energy in a relationship? Tuckerman, sexual energy in a relationship is important for the foundation of your connection. The look in her eyes and the pump in your heart that just brings you together on another level. Keys to intimacy. Yo. Yo. Again, T, I can't give you 100,000 Zeddy because this is a free ball question. There's no specific answer. It's just a very, it's a 100,000 caliber answer though. It's of the same nature. It's a very good answer. <sighs> you, you hit a word there that I haven't heard anyone really focus on yet, which is the connection. You also gave me a really nice visual. The look in her eyes and the pump in your heart that brings you together on another level. Keys to intimacy. Yeah. It's just nice. It's just good. Very well written, T. Very well written. Distraction then comes and say the relationships. Oh, no, he said that before. Oh, Skidomo, okay, Ludicolo. Uh, comes to saying, whoa, just turned into this heat. What up? Okay, uh, Ski. Ski. I said this for the last three, because you're not here in the live sessions anymore. You've been excused from not having a YouTube profile picture because I've always known you never have one. But that's the, you, I'm not sure if you're aware, there's a new rule. I will not read out your comment if you guys don't have a YouTube profile picture. Either it has to be an avatar, either your face of you would be great, or at least an avatar that looks like you. Otherwise, and everyone gets one warning. So you come back in this session, you would come back in the session, you want me to read out your shit, you better have gone into Gmail and updated your uh, YouTube profile picture. I'm not letting you off just because you've been here for a while. Right? In fact, it's because you've been here for a while that I let it slide. But Jay knew was the same. Jay knew always had the J with the green background, but he's changed it. So even the original has got to play by the rules. Otherwise, all the new guys are like, fuck, why is Adam letting all these other guys off? And I had to change my profile picture. <laughs> it's just respect to me. Put a bloody picture in there if you're seeing my face. Okay. Everyone's saying, I hate a ski. Everyone's saying the jelly. Oh, that, that is true. The jelly donut men are here. Edo Skimoto and Distrakon and Takumi are the three original Jelly Donut Men, aka the JDMs, uh, the Jelly Donut Men Racing Club. <laughs> uh, and there we go. Okay. So, my friends, that is the end of this seminar on regard to sexual appetite. Listen, we've discussed things in here that should, that all children should listen to if guided through their parents. If you're a 15 or 13 year old listening to this, I feel like I've done a pretty good job of managing the explicitly raw nature of this discussion with highly conscious and aware uh, theory and philosophy to come behind it. But there, there was a lot of talk of come on the face. There's a lot of talk of monster cocks and anal sex. 
However, I believe I put enough philosophy in with it to make sure that anyone who's a little young gets that it's not just about the sexual penetration with sexual appetite. It's about what the appetite, the desire to do so means for your relationship. That's what's most important here. Uh, We've summarized it pretty good before, so I'm not going to give much more of a summary. Other than that, I hope you all explore your sexual appetite to the full full potential. And that, oh, that's the final thing I'll say before we get to open Q&A, which is just you guys can ask any questions you want if you have any. The funny thing I'll say is that some of you might be thinking, but Adam, you missed out on one thing. You you missed out. What if I want to increase my sexual appetite? How do I do that? Apart from the obvious red flag of you don't attempt to change that within a relationship, you just leave the relationship that you're in. If that's the case for you, discussed well more specifically before. But let's say that you're not in a close and open relationship and you want to start to explore uh, more sexually and you're not really quite sure how to do that because you're uncomfortable. Nah, but actually, even though I didn't answer that question, we've answered that question in the session, which is simply that you just sync up with someone who's more advanced than you. Just go with someone who's more advanced than you. Then you're good. Well, how left and someone's more advanced than you? Well, go out. Go out and meet people and you'll find you'll come across a girl who says, listen, get on your knees and you're gonna eat you're gonna eat my pussy out and I'm gonna fucking slap you while you do it. And you're like, holy fuck, who do you think you are? It's like you're not gonna get away with that little girl. You listen, you put your face down on the pillows and I'm gonna fucking rail you from behind. She goes, Yeah, you want that? You're like, that's right. And <laughs> it's gonna be this fucking back and forth between you two of just her trying to fucking push your revs, you try to push your revs, and then it just that's how it comes in. It's like you find someone who is already operating on higher revs than you, and then you just try and rev up to, which is the other sink that we've talked about. Okay, so it's pretty self-explanatory. I can't, I can't think there's anything more other than that. So, my friends, that wraps up the seminar. We now have time for open Q and A, and I'm feeling fresh. I'm feeling pretty crisp. If you guys have questions on anything to do with social dynamics, dating, relationships, anything in the world of human interaction. You want to know about the carnivore diet. <laughs> we can get some of that as well. If you don't know about anything, now's a good time to get into that. So we did have one super chat before, which is a donation to the channel, which will get your question bumped to the top. I'll give way more time to it and detail to it. Uh, Jay New dropped a doll 99 US. So Jay, if you're still in the session and you have a specific question, go ahead and drop it now. I will get to it. Otherwise, uh, the rest of you, you can either drop your own super chats or your own questions. I'll give however much time there is based on the questions. Yeah, 10 to 15 minutes, depending on how good the questions are. Okay. Strikerun says, where the bowl tri stars. Let's see who gets that mecha reference. Is that fucking uh, Gundam? Is that Gundam? Is the tri stars Gundam? I've seen, I haven't seen all of uh, Mobile Suit Gundam, but I've seen some of the original. And tri stars sounds like Gundam, Gundam Wing. I don't know. Will uh, Willow's up in here saying, uh, G-Night, everyone. Great sesh. Thanks for being here, Will. I thought you had left ages ago, Will. He must have just come back. And then KM comes in saying, great session. Thank you very much, KM. I haven't seen you pipe up in this chat at all. Who, who are you, KM? You've got fucking a South Park avatar. I don't even know who you are, KM. Or maybe you were earlier on the chat. I don't know. I haven't seen you in ages, though. Uh, Distracon says, yup, black tri-stars from Gundam. Yeah. My anime is deep. My anime knowledge is deep. I'm pretty deep. Yeah. I, although I'm not deep in a lot of that older stuff. I've just seen some of it. And I know I've seen enough of Gundam to, to re- recognize the TriStars. 
Unless you're just trolling me and I'm fucking it. <laughs> All right, so the next super chat comes in from T, which is an Australian $10 with his classic smoke weed every day emoji. He loves that one. Takumi loves that one. Uh, so that senses to me that T is going to have a question on the back end. And so, yep, T, go ahead and type in your question. I'll talk shop with these guys until you drop your super chat question. And But we'll get into some other stuff here. W, aka Mr. Pengi, comes in saying, all right, one or the other, let me get this right. You stay committed or only stay as friends or if you both not meant to be, leave. But if it was for one night stand, I don't know anymore. I don't even know. Nah, I don't even know what you're saying, W. All I'm saying, though, is that if you want to be open and free, be open and free. If you want to explore sexual exploration with other women, explore sexual exploration with other women. Don't try and give the woman you're with, though, the idea that that's not what's happening. Well, that's not what you desire. Just be straight up, direct, congruent, authentic, covering with empathy. This is how I feel. This is what I want. Looking to explore in life. Looking to be sexually free. I want the same for you. So I'm going to be open and free. You're more than willing to come and join me on this. But if not, that's totally cool. And if this, if you sign up now, but decide that it's not for me later on, we can always reassess. We can always, uh, and there'll be no judge or hatement. So no judge, no hate or judgment. That's open and free, T's and C's. But, or if you don't want that and you just want to be monogamous, closed and locked, then just be closed and locked monogamous. But don't do that if you are trying to sexually explore because then you're just pulling it two ways. Yeah. Give it the wrong idea. That's all it is, man. No need to overcomplicate it. Uh, okay. T comes in saying, great session. I have two questions. Firstly, this is for his $10 Australian super chat saying, firstly, what about girls or guys? that never go through the exploration phase and seem to just want a boyfriend straight away. Yeah. Yeah. Shout out to my Asian girls. Shout out to my teeds. Shout out to my Tokyo Drifts. Very common mindset with Asian women to skip sexual exploration and to come in on the back end And jump straight into self-creation mode, which is actually not even self-creation mode because they skipped their self-discovery. Hopefully some of you picked up on that nuance that one does not enter self-creation without having gone through self-discovery. And hopefully T can understand what I mean when I say that. T also, well, T, uh, you said you have two questions. That's the first question. He also then went on to say, one of my female friends has no experience, yet she only wants a committed boyfriend. She has extremely high standards, yet she doesn't seem to really attract any guys or be into many guys. Well, well. Uh, T then goes on to say, my second question is just, what about girls that don't really seem to have much discovery or creation energy? Not as important if you can't get both. Okay, I'll tack that on the back end. I'll get the first one more in depth for you. So I kind of already started going into it. T's first question, showing $10 saying that, what about girls... Or guys that never go through exploration phase and they just want to go into straight monogamy, closed and locked monogamy right off the bat. He says, one of his female friends has no experience, yet she only wants a committed boyfriend. She has extremely high standards. She doesn't seem to attract, really attract any guys or to be into many guys. Yeah, so T, you've tied into two things there. Number one, I just offer, often playing color commentator there as you away and type your rest of your question. I said, shout out to my Asian girls because that mentality is very indicative of women from Asian background to skip self-discovery and self-exploration of sexual intimacy and their sexual appetite 
and to just go into cosmic monogamy. Now, the reason why this is primarily done, T, is because of social and financial commitment, social and financial stipulation in which that they want to achieve those securities first before they would ever get sexually intimate. Because when you look at Asian culture, Asian background, it is a collectivist society. It is not an individual society. The individual is not more important than the collective. And so what does that mean in big terms or in more real terms? Is that if an Asian girl, her position in the family is more important than her own autonomy. Her status as a member of the family, her status as a member of society is more important than her own self-discovery and self-exploration. You can just lay, put that as a general bat. Like that's pretty much applies to almost every Asian culture. Collectivist over the event individual. Completely opposite to Western, Western thinking, where it's the complete reverse, where it's the individual over the collective. So, T, hopefully that can help you to understand on a more general level and by the way, I'm not, I don't even know if this girl is Asian, by the way. Do I? No, he hasn't said that she's Asian. I'm just saying that that is a case of Asian girls. You didn't say she was Asian, did she? No, I just said that because what you're describing there is very indicative of Asian girls. But it might not be. He might not be talking about an Asian girl. So let's get, that was just a general thing. Let's get more specific with it. Okay. He's asking, what about these girls? What happens when they don't go through this uh, self-discovering, exploring their sexual appetite. Well, what's interesting to you is that you can imagine the lack of development in terms of sexual skill. This is key. This is absolutely key. Now, sexual skill is not just how to pull the levers and work the knobs. That's not what sexual skill is in totality. It's definitely a huge part of it. But sexual, oh, I fucking love that we're going to go into this right now, T. You've got me fired up on something here because I've been wanting to go deep into this particular topic. Sexual skill is not just how well you can give a wristy or however you can suck someone off. Sexual skill is the energy that you can incite within the other person. Can you get that rise in them? Can you get them excited? Can you get them lusting? Can you get them fired up? Sexual skill is knowing what to do psychologically, what to do sexually, spiritually, mentally, and physically. That's sexual skill in totality. Now, if you're a girl or a guy who doesn't want to go through any discovery of themselves in relation to others in terms of sexual development, just skip all that and just go into straight, hardcore monogamy with no sexual experience prior to that whatsoever, you're going to be playing absolute catch-up, especially if you're going into a relationship with someone that has sexual development under belt you're not going to have any sexual skill that will match or that will suffice, that will satisfy. It's a different thing if you're two 16-year-olds and neither of you have any modicum of sexual skill and you're just going to learn it together. It's fine. No problem. That's what it means to be young. But as you get into your 20s, I'm coming back to the fucking Asian girls. When you come back to Asian girls, it's very common for Asian girls to reach mid-20s, late-20s, and still be virgins because of this very one thing. They were not willing to get into sexual discovery mode because they needed to achieve financial or social security first in their partner so that they could go back to their family and say, after they had sex, this is my boyfriend. I need a boyfriend out of it. Oh, I need, I need a sugar daddy out of it that's going to pretend to be the boyfriend, but actually he's just providing financial uh, support. Whatever it might be, whatever she's looking for, financial or social security, whatever it might be. And and this is just very common. We come back to the Asian girls, but it doesn't necessarily have to be Asian girls. But 
then nevertheless, as they waste their 18 to late 20s, 10, 15 years worth of development not getting sexual skill, what they find is that they, they could be genuine sweethearts. They could be genuinely great people and great girls. But as we've discussed in this podcast, all found the foundation of all relationships, the foundation of all relationships is bedded in sexual energy. And sexual energy, first and foremost, is the freedom with which you communicate. That's how we know someone's sexual appetite. How can they communicate? How free are they? Girls who skip self-discovery or guys, any person that skips self-discovery in terms of sexuality, they are not free. They don't allow themselves to be free so that when it comes time, when they finally commit themselves to one person, they don't know what it means to be free. They had no reps. They had no runs up Akuna Pass. They just decided to rock up one day and see how to drive, yet they've never driven the Akuna Pass before. They've never driven any pass. They've never even driven in that analogy. And they think they're just going to do a downhill racing Takami at 100 Ks an hour. It's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. And the reason why it's not going to happen is because if you have no reference of what it means to be sexually skilled, to even uh, pull the levers, pull the knobs tactically, to give a hand job, to suck a guy off, to even have sex in general, putting out to the side, to psychologically incite the fire and the flame that would make him sexually attracted, that would make you sexually attracted to him, you have no reps in doing that. It's just the hope that that's going to happen when you all of a sudden get into a committed relationship. It's like not only is it playing from behind, but it's even more than that. You're actually likely to turn that person off because of, ah, ah, ah here we go. This is too much coming in here. But you're likely to turn that person off because it's not what they signed up to. Remember, T, what was the, what was the first, second warm-up question of this podcast seminar? Not all women act as they appear. And it's also men as well. I just, we're speaking to the audience here. Not everyone acts as they appear sexually. A lot of girls can appear very sexual on the outside, yet do not act that way. Lack of reps. Didn't explore sexually in their younger years. So that's what it's about, my friend. Now, why you got me really fired up is because I hear this from some guys over the last five years. Because we've been talking about the girls' perspective, T, but how about this, T? What about guys who don't explore sexual discovery uh, and just waiting to just get with one girl? And then it's like they're mid-20s, they're late-20s, and they've never been really – they've never explored sexually ever. They don't, they don't know how to work the, the levers and knobs. They don't know how to incite sexual energy and desire within another person. It's even worse, actually. Why, T? Why is it worse on the male's end than the female's? Think about the position of energy. Think about positioning of energy. Think about balance of energy between masculine and feminine. Who's the leader? Who's the follower? Who's setting the pace? Who's setting the dynamic? If all things are going standard and we're looking at a heterosexual relationship between a masculine and a feminine being, male being the masculine and female being the feminine, just that's a standard heterosexual relationship, the masculine's always going to be the leader and the feminine's always going to be the follower. Not to be confused with that one's better than the other. No, that's just the balance of energy between the two. Who's making... Uh, initiating and who's following and playing suit and who's approving of that initiating as well and giving feedback as to whether it is acceptable or not. If he's been doing that well in the relationship, but then when it gets time to get sexually intimate, has no idea what it means to be sexually well-practiced, sexually skilled in leading, it's not what she signed up to. It's like a betrayal of energy in a way. It's like you, you were such a confident leading guy on the outside acting this way but then when you got into the bedroom with me 
There was nothing behind it. There's nothing underneath it. Couldn't take me the full way whole play. It's very damaging on that end when a when a guy remember it's okay to be a lion cub and to perform as a lion cub. It's okay to appear as a lion cub and then to act as a lion cub. It's congruent. It is not okay to appear as a lion cub or more so to appear as a lion, to appear as an alpha male, to appear as a strong, strong force and then act in a completely different way. It's not okay to be the leader of the pride and then to act in a completely different way. And it's very uh, jarring. In the same way, it's very jarring on the other end when a woman gives you one idea then acts in a completely different way. It's like, just give me some congruence, yeah? Uh, so hopefully that answers your question. Let me just make sure that I haven't skipped anything there. You said uh, as well, T, that she has extremely high standards, yet she doesn't really seem to attract any guys or to be into many guys. The part that I like about what you said there, T, is that she doesn't seem to attract many guys. Why do you think a girl who has got almost no sexual skill, which is not just tactical like this or this, but this and this, if a girl doesn't know how to sexually incite energy, remember, like I said to you before, of a couple of the girls I'm seeing at the moment, one of them that is just the filthiest of the filthiest, and even just thinking about her face, I feel it fucking move. I get some blood flow down into that, into my fucking piece that I can start to get a heart on just thinking about her face because she's so filthy because of her energy. That's a skill. That's a skill to be to portray your sexual energy that way. It's so attractive. But if a girl has no skill in that, which is what you've described here, it makes sense that she's not attracting any guys, is all I'm saying. Because she doesn't know how to convey her energy in that way. Remember, T, it's a very big difference between the way you look at your grandma and the way that you look at your 10. The way that you look at your 10 is very different to the way you look at your grandma. Not heading on grandma, but I'm not going to be looking at grandma the same way that I look at absolute uh, filth girl on the side who, who says... Fucking come on my face. There's a completely different way that I look at her than grandma. And she knows how to incite that energy, yeah? So it makes complete sense that she's not attracting any guys just because she's not practiced in pushing that energy out or emitting that energy. His second question was, uh, what about girls that don't seem to have much discover, discovery or creation energy? So what you're talking to, T, is what about girls who are just on the low end of the spectrum of sexual intimacy and uh, sexual appetite, I should say, low end of sexual appetite, zero to three, plain vanilla. And you're asking, what about them? I'm not really sure what your question is. I mean, that's just what they are. It's just what they are. That they are somewhat timid for whatever the reason. They can have prehistory. They could have been sexually abused. They could be in a family environment that's very religious and doesn't support sexual exploration. That they could be in a situation in which that they've always just been told, you're a slut if you explore sexually. You know, that whatever the reason that brought them there to it, the end result's the same, which is that they're not free. Not free of their bodies, minds, or souls, spirits. Okay. So, T, hopefully that adds uh, some real good. Hopefully that, that answered your questions. If it didn't, you can always add me follow up. I really appreciate your $10 super chat, Australian. Most appreciated. And we'll see what other questions there are. But uh, if there's no other super chat question, no, there was another super chat question. So I'll go to the next Super Chat question. And if there is uh, any more good questions after that, I might get them. Otherwise, we'll wrap up from here. So the next Super Chat question is from Justin Levasseur, who drops a $2 Super Chat saying, what type of Buddhism do you follow? I can already hear the originals answering the question for him. Uh, Justin, 
says, you are the main reason why I go to a local Zen Dao, but I'm interested in what track you used. And just a compliment that I loved the video videos where you just met people, men and women, and really tried to know who they were and them and saw them in the present. Well, thank you, Justin, for recognizing that. And I thank you for the super chat. I really appreciate it. So in terms of answering your question, the reason why I said that my originals probably can answer the question for you is that they probably know the answer, which is that to the question of what type of Buddhism do I follow from Justin is that I follow no type of Buddhism. In fact, the very definition of following Buddhism defeats the purpose of Buddhism. And when I say Buddhism, even that is a contradiction in and of itself. Uh, I've never identified as a Buddhist or that I follow Buddhism. It's the ism that I push away from the most. It's the ist I push, push away from the most. It's the word follow that I push away from the most because Buddha was not a Buddhist. Buddha didn't follow Buddhism. And if you go through the Diamond Sutra, it very clearly smacks you in the face with a realization that what the Buddha was talking about had nothing to do with following organization with, with doctrine. The, Buddha's just, uh, the Buddha was just was. Say that again. The Buddha just was. You know, to, when we talk about ideas of attachment and detachment, especially in terms of the sutras that, particularly Diamond Sutra, that the Buddha had allegedly put out, all of it speaks to detaching from not only your ego, but the ego of others. All of it speaks to coming to a realization within yourself that requires no validation from anyone else. So when you ask me the question of what type of Buddhism do I follow, I follow none, and I don't like the term Buddhism at all. Uh, it's, it's the, that's why when you look at, when people say I'm a Taoist or I'm a Buddhist, anyone who says I'm a Buddhist or I'm a Taoist, I immediately say, have you actually read and understood what was in the original scripture? Because if you did, you would know the very fundamental of what you're saying contradicts what he was trying to say. Particularly in the Diamond Sutra, that we use rafts to cross the river. The sutra is the raft. But at some point, you have to get onto the other side of the river and you have to leave the raft behind. Joining a collection of people that are like-minded, not hating on that, Joining, a, a reading, and to form an identity around some type of deeper spiritual knowing and giving yourself reason for existence. Not hating on that at all. But if you stay there and that, that you cross, you, enter, you jump on that raft and you ride that to the other side of the river, but you never actually get off the raft, which means you never detach from the group, from the identity, from the scripture. And you never actually enter the actual realization to actually cross the river and to actually find enlightenment, which requires no validation from anyone else. Then what was it all for? It's the biggest thing I got from reading the Diamond Sutra and having studied uh, the work of Buddha for, since I was a teenager was that, hang on, this has nothing to do with being a Buddhist at all or Buddhism at all or being in a collective group identity at all. In fact, the very things he was saying was to find your own peace, find your own enlightenment. And that, this is my favorite one, that anyone who refers to themselves as enlightened is the furthest away from it. 
Anyone who refers to themselves as a Buddhist or follows Buddhism is the furthest away from it. You've just completely missed the point of what it was. When you are in the presence of now, when you access what what Dharma, uh, what Buddha referred to as Nirvana, when you access Nirvana and you access this present moment right now, there's no Buddhism, there's no Buddhist, there's no group around you. Why do you need a group? Why do you need an identity? In fact, if anything, those things only get in the way of the final realization. Not hating on the raft ride over to the end of the river, but at some point you have to cross the river. At some point you have to get off the raft and enter the true realization. You can sit around and you can recite sutras. You can sit around and do group meditations all you want. You can sit around and make rules for how you're supposed to live and how you're supposed to do and be. But at some point, you're going to have to actually turn off so you can turn on. To actually just be and to see. And this is for you, Justin. At some point, you're going to have to learn how to hold without grasping. To feel without needing. To see without looking. And to die while living. This is the way to one. And it's tattooed on my arm as well, on my shoulder. Uh, this is the first time I've been able to talk about it on the podcast because it's come up organically. Of the amazing tattoo work that Justin Tating, Jason Tatinger did on my body, and every element has a meaning to the journey of my life, the only element that wasn't designed by him was the insignia on my delt cap, which is this symbol right here. And that symbol is something that I drew and that represents the life philosophy that I just gave to you. That the stroke order represents what I just did with my hands. To hold without grasping, to feel without needing, to see without looking, and to die while living. And if you follow my hand strokes, which is two hands up, two hands to the side, two hands around, two hands up together and meeting in the middle, that's what that symbol means on the side of my shoulder. It's what I refer to as the way to one or the way to life. And so anyways, that even that though, Justin, why I brought that up is that my life philosophy of the way to life to hold without grasping, feel without needing, see without looking, and to die while living, that's just a raft. Now some of you, you could just very well go and say, well, I'm, a, I'm an ooeyist. If you want to follow that philosophy, I'm an ooeyist then. I'm Adam Uwe, I'm Adam, follow Adam Uwe's philosophy, and I'm an ooeyist now. And let's get a whole bunch of people together who follow that philosophy. I say, no, that's the, first, that's the furthest thing away that I would want because that takes you further away from the realization of what it means to hold without grasping, feel without needing, see without looking and die while living. You don't need anyone else around you to experience what those actually mean. They are only fingers pointing to the moon. They are only etches on someone's skin that demonstrate what those hand movements mean. That's all it is. The realization is what those hand strokes lead you to. So hopefully that answers your question. Doesn't hopefully, I don't even say hopefully. I'm saying that because I'm such a polite guy. But it's not even about that. It's that I know that I've answered that uh, to the best of my abilities, which is that not a Buddhist, not a Taoist, never will be. Not a Christian, not a Mohammedist, not a not a not a Muslimist. Don't follow no ist. I just seek to access the realization of now, because there's only right now, and there's nothing to love, 
but right now. In the wise words of Matthew Burnside, rest in peace. So I thank you very much for the question, Justin. Let's move on. Distractor will come in saying, makes sense. You've got to know how the car drives before so you can know how you want to build it. I think that's when I was answering T's question before. W comes in saying, oh, huge thanks. Communication is key. Okay, like you said, don't overcomplicate it. Yeah, that's it, W. Good. Will comes in saying, I have a friend exactly like T's. She's rejected tons of guys. No, sorry. She rejects tons of guys, even though she's not attracting many guys either. Oh, wait, Will, how can she reject tons of guys? Oh, you're probably just like, you mean like not directly. Because how can you reject tons of guys if tons of guys aren't coming at you? <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You must mean that she's just precluding even the possibility for guys to come at her. I think that's what you mean. Uh, he goes on then to say, it seems like she's afraid to put herself out there, in my opinion, but I can't be sure. Well, if you can't be sure, you should definitely talk to her about her, Will. And that's the same thing I recommend to T. It's like we've gone into good understanding. I answered T's question in depth. And now that you and Will, T and Will, have, have these girls in their lives, why not have a conversation with her? Why not sit down with her and say, hey, listen, Jenna, I've noticed a couple of things. I'd like to have a nice raw discussion with you. I feel like we can be open. If you're open to it, I'd like to discuss some sexual shit. Let's do it. If she's open to it, sit down and say, hey, listen, listen, I've noticed that you're really rejecting guys before you even really have a chance to explore or open up. Uh, is, th- is there something that I don't know? Is there something that maybe has gone on in your, in your past that makes you a little bit shy or timid towards sexual exploration? I'd love to help you uh, with just being open and talking about it. Uh, I can definitely share some of my own experiences as well because I used to, you know, I know what it's like, you know, et cetera, and just be there. And I just want to be there. If you don't want to talk about it, that's fine as well. But I've just noticed this and, you know, I just want to be a good friend. And I just want to say if there's anything you need to get out, I'm going to be here to listen. That's it. Why can't T or Will do that for this girl? What if she's at home every night thinking, fuck, fuck, I'd really like to be going out on a date right now with a guy in the moon and sand. And I'd really like to explore sexually my sexual appetite and maybe get, get to see something I've never seen before about myself. But fuck it. I've got way too many living beliefs and this thing happened in the past and no one's been willing to sit down with me about it. But then all of a sudden you rock up and say, hey, I'm here to listen. Maybe, maybe she might just be. Now she might reject it off the bat. That's fine. It's not about whether she takes the hand or not. It's just the fact that you offer it. That's what we do as emotional leaders. We offer the hand and we don't care if it gets taken or not. That's the work for T and Will to do. Uh, T then comes in to say, yeah, great answer. Thank you. No, sorry. My second question is some people like, Oh, that wasn't even T's second question. He comes in to say, no, sorry. My second question is, some people seem to be timid and low on sexual exploration, but also they don't seem to have great care for others or creation. No big deal, though, just spitballing. Uh, I'm not sure if we didn't address that, T. You're talking about people who are timid and low on sexual exploration, so they're playing vanilla on the sexual appetite scale, sexual energy scale, but then you say they also don't have great care for others or creation. Oh, I see what you're saying, T. I see what you're saying. You're, you're, you're saying it's confusing because some girls or some people you're saying are giving off the idea that they don't necessarily want to explore sexually, but they're also, so they must therefore be the opposite of being just the mother and father type of just the sexual caring, but they don't seem to care that much. 
So what you're talking about there, T, is what I call a fish. <laughs> That's it. All you're talking about, T, is a fish. What you're talking about there is someone who neither has the desire to develop and evolve their sexual energy, nor their spiritual energy or their energy of self-creation in terms of purpose, physical, mental, or social development. So you're just talking about an overall fish. You're just talking about someone who's in an, who has no real goals uh, in life, effectively, especially in relation to their own self-development. Distrakon then goes on to say, I don't think he does though. Never mind, he said it. Oh, we're talking about the Buddhism. Yeah. Distrakon, okay, Distrakon. Seems like you've been following along. W says, thanks, T. That was a good question. May I ask, Adam, how do you earn your money? Where do you work? Yes, I'll answer that in a second. Uh, T comes in with a love heart Wi-Fi emoji. Uh, he seems to be sending love across the Wi-Fi. Thank you, T. Kinsanity comes in to say, lol, deep, dot, 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 dot. I like it. Justin Levasseur says, thank you, Thank you much. I am striving. Hey, Justin, listen. It's about arriving. You, you strive and you strive until you realize that all my striving led me back to the beginning. Here and now. Distraction says intense. Okay, so final question there from W, uh, which it says, may I ask Adam, how do you earn your money and where do you work? So I work right here, literally right here. This is, this is my work. I work with people. And that's in terms of what was the other question? Oh, how, how do I earn my money? Uh, through my business. My business is bowl coaching and I work one-on-one with clients previous to COVID, traveling around the world, uh, coaching social dynamic boot camps, working one-on-one with clients across their purpose, physical, mental, social development, developing their temples and self-cultivation in general. Performance as human beings becoming supreme beings of excellence. That's what I do. That's how I earn money. And uh, yeah. I have guided meditation, digital products, used to have ebooks, currently working on a book right now. What else? Yeah, one-on-one coaching with clients, boot camps, investments. I'll be here all day. Uh, yeah, that's it. Like, listen, of course, I earn money through the super chats here, which I'm so appreciative to. However, they're not uh, ever required. I would always be doing this for free anyway. Uh, the social Q&A seminars that I do here and the just social Q&A in general, uh, it's it's always going to be it's it's my purpose driven thing where there's never going to be profit driven uh, because actually some someone posted a comment shout out to Nicholas last week who dropped a comment on one of the social Q and A saying you could literally charge thousands of dollars for this course as a social Q and A because of how much knowledge and value and wisdom is in here and I and I've looked at it and go yeah definitely because some of these are legitimate seminars that I'll do however uh, I always think about the 19 year old who's lost I always think about the 19 year old who's lost that doesn't have thousands of dollars to spend on a course and they need to know this. Like, especially in this session. We talked about things in this session. There was like, I mean, the th- one thing that sticks in my mind is when Jay New was still here, he said like I, feel like, I feel like I'm your son in this session, Adam, with the amount of guidance that you're giving me and what you're showing me here. And we went into some very raw, sexually explicit details of what a girl was giving me in terms of sexual energy and wanting me to come in her face and spread her out with that monster cock and there's a, there's a lot of sexual details going on but that wasn't the point the point was that I went to such care and concern for him to help him understand sexual exploration about his heart being in the wrong in the right place but mind being in the wrong place in terms of a girl who's on the lower end of sexual intimacy and him wanting to be with someone who's and be himself on a high level of sexual intimacy and it's like it's like that's that's the purpose driven that's the purpose driven that that what if that guy didn't have thousands of dollars to spend on that to get that inquiry or to get that that answer out and what if he did go out and start mistreating girls from the right place just with the wrong mind 
It's like, I can't have that. I can't have that. At least four to six hours of my week, I'm okay to spend four to six hours of my week, don't get paid for any of it, and just make sure that people aren't making tremendous mistakes in their lives. All right? It's so good when you guys drop super chats in here because a lot of these sessions do get demonetized because of their sexually explicit nature, and it does definitely help to support, but I don't expect it. I never expect T or Janu or Isaac, uh, or not even Isaac, sorry. I had never seen him. Justin, sorry, Justin. Uh, and all the other people who have in the past have dropped super chats, I never expected. It. It's always most appreciated, but never expected. I'll always be here uh, as long as you guys need it. That's it. Okay. So hopefully that answers my how we, how we make money. I'm always going to be very raw and explicit with you. I'm never going to try and pull the rug over you. You want to know? That's how. That's what it is. That's how I make money. All right. As uh, something that. I, one of my good friends, Suhud Kara, said on our last podcast together on the eternal energy, he said what he does with the free man is uh, purpose-driven, not profit-driven. And the bowl has always been purpose-driven, not profit-driven. I have always undercha- undercharged. Uh, and in a lot of times with social security, never charged. Like it feels filthy to me to even think of saying, all right, now you guys are going to sign up on Patreon for $30 a month to join in on social Q&A. It's like, no, 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 no. It's like never going to happen. Never going to happen. You can count on that. There may be other things. There may be more intense forms of communication between me and you. That would be a, uh, like, for example, one-on-one coaching or boot camps, et cetera, that I will charge for. But at a bare minimum, the lost 19-year-old should always have a chance who has no money but needs to improve. He should always have a chance because I was once there. This shit wasn't around when I was your age, W. When I was 17 and 19, this social Q&A wasn't around. The stuff that's been dropped over the last, not even social Q&A, but the entire Boulder podcast, the last 200 something episodes, this shit wasn't around. You had to pay thousands of dollars to hear what I talked about in this discussion today. When I was 15, 16, I, me and my friends did. We did pay for products to hear about the sexually explicit details, to hear about what it means to go through and guide sexual relationships properly. And that's just today in a sexual idea, but we cover everything in social Q&A. So I know what it was like back in those days. And it was a dark world. <laughs> Quite frankly, it was a dark world where people weren't willing to share their knowledge unless they were getting paid for it. So not in my house. Not in my house. Okay, I think we're about to wrap up this sesh. Uh, Isaac Mir comes in saying, hello, sensei, with the prayer. You're very late, Isaac, but thanks for being here. You have to catch a replay because we're just about to finish off. Strachan says, Adam, do you realize all my striving led me to the beginning, here and now? Me? <gasps> I love that. I love that. Emo- I love that little wide open emoji to strike on. <gasps> it's good. Dude, it's amazing that when you realize all the striving you did just led you back to the beginning, here and now. It's everything. It's everything. Isaac says, are you still doing Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu Sensei? If yes, how many days a week? Thanks. Good question, because Takumi recently asked me this question. And yes, I am, but no, I'm not. I stopped doing formal lessons and classes at my local place a long time ago. Probably almost half, almost a full year ago, actually. Purely because I didn't like the teaching format. They were great teachers. They were a great club. Nothing against them. I won't mention the club, of course. But I didn't like how if you there was no format. There was no curriculum. You didn't need, you never knew. Like if you came in on any given night, you might be repeating the same things from previous nights. You may have missed a certain amount. 
you may have missed a certain technique. So it's like you never really knew where you were in your development. And with me, the way I, if I want to learn something, I want to learn the right way. I want to make sure that my progress is accurate, that I know what I'm supposed to be learning and targeted. So I found a different instructor online who has a who is, is world renowned. I put him up on my Instagram and my bowl sip a lot. Uh, Carol Fox. I'm probably saying that wrong. Carl, Carl, however you want to say it. Carl Fox, the Silver Fox, Silver Fox BJJ, who has definitely the most, in my opinion, I just, I feel, and I think of him the most. His system of Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu is a real system. It's, it's built. Like it's, you can see what you need to learn, where you are in your development. And so I use his online instruction far more uh, rather than going to a, a local class. If I could, if I was in New Jersey, I would go to his class. But since I'm not, I can't. So there you go. Strakon uh, says, that's the same thing I've been doing with dating Amino. On dating Amino. There's a lot of youngsters that don't know what's up, so I let them know. I don't even know what dating Amino is. I also recommend them to you. Okay, thank you. I don't know what dating Amino is. It sounds like an amino acid in the dating spectrum. That makes no sense, but okay. Debbie says, I don't know. I just thought it won't be enough money coming through. But if it is a lot more than enough, that I'm happy for you. Super chat one day. Hold me on that. Thank you. Uh, on says, I'm going to keep improving so I can be a teacher like you. It makes my day when they thank me for the clarity. I tell them, just tech what you learned. Teach what you learned, maybe? That's all right. Well, thank you, Distrakon. Thank you for being here. Appreciate it, man. And C. Cameron comes in saying, thanks for everything, Adam. So appreciate all your work. Thank you, C. Cameron. Yeah, some good answers today as well, C. Cameron. Very good answers. And Strikon finishes by saying, people need to know this stuff. It's a small start, but it'll make a difference later on. Hey, listen, maybe a small start in terms of, uh, nah, I wouldn't even say that. It's very deep. With my one-to-one clients, it's life-changing. They change their lives. Like I said, I had a client today who literally just completed his first day, first 30-day challenge of just overcoming himself. And, you know, his life is in a completely direction now, completely different direction now. And, you know, that's, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here. Shout out to Jay. Shout out to... Uh, Mr. Krabs over in Melbourne. All right. So my friends, we're going to wrap up the session there. Just before we do, if you enjoyed the session and got some value from it, please drop a thumbs up down below on the video. If you're listening to this and post on the podcast, please come back with your big bigs. Please drop a comment on the YouTube video with your big truths, your big learns, the things that you had your biggest takeaways from. I love to see them and I always respond to them as well. And I'll see you guys next week for the eighth episode of Social Q&A Live season six. Yeah, no, yes, this is season six. So next week will be season, episode eight. I keep getting that wrong. Episode eight of season six. There we go. I think I'm saying that right now. So there's probably four more episodes left in the season before we take a break, come back. And uh, we'll be back back next week, 10 a.m. Australian Central Daylight Time. If you're looking for the time conversions on the YouTube community post on YouTube every Sunday night, I put them up, which is the day before the session. It's currently Monday here in Australia. Also, if you want to catch up with me in the meantime, head over to Instagram at uitang one double O I Tang one, and a lot of content goes up there. A lot of content goes up there. So, yeah, I thank you guys so much for being engaged in this session. If you made it through the whole session today, it was a lot of fun. Today it was very raw, very explicit. Uh, shout out to my girls who hopefully don't absolutely flame me after going through this and saying, Adam, why'd you tell them about you, me? What are you to spread them out with your monster cock? <laughs> uh, hopefully, hopefully they'll be, I didn't mention any names, so they'll be okay. I had to extend myself a little though. Uh, if I get, if I get a fucking whip on the back end of the session, cause I had to mention some sexually explicit shit from my own life, then Hey, listen, I'll take it. I'll fucking take it. 
I take it. <laughs> uh, moving on from that, it's the time of my life being here with you guys. And I thank you for all your questions, your engagement. Super chat from T and Justin and Jay New, actually. Uh, you guys uh, appreciate you supporting the channel. So thank you so much. And let's wrap it up. Let's sign off as always. Wishing you guys the best in your lives. Much peace and much joy. Ja. Thank you very much for making it all the way through this session, for your presence and for your attention. If you actually made it to the end, that's that's incredible because these sessions are often minimum two hours. And hey, you're my kind of person. If you got that kind of attention and commitment to your development, shit. <laughs> Get excited by that. So before you run off, let me just hear you with a couple of reminders. If you haven't signed up to the Bowl Sip weekly email, it's free, bowldojo.com. Keep you updated over there. The best place to connect with me outside of these YouTube live sessions and podcasts is actually on Instagram at uitang1, double O-I tang one. You guys can see all the behind the scenes. You can see I post a lot of fitness, health, all the artistic shit. If you watch the story, a lot of the meditations as well that I go through each day and each night. And uh, it's a great place to DM me directly with your personal context to give me feedback on different sessions, different parts of this, etc. So, at Uitang1 on Instagram. I hope to see you there. I'd love to see you there. And of course, if you would like to help support the channel, you can donate directly through boldojo.com underneath the podcast section or at paypal.me forward slash A-D-A-M-O-O-I, Adamui. Anything that you guys donate is always super appreciated. And for those of you that would like to take your development to the very next level and make sure that you're on the right course, doing the right things at the right time, well, one-on-one Skype coaching or the guided meditation internal energy, that's all available to you at boldojo.com. Listen, guys, the birds outside are going haywire, so I better wrap up this outro. It's the time of my life, getting to go back and forward with you in these live sessions, chopping it up, getting to really know who you are. And so I thank you so much again, and I look forward to seeing you in the next session, truly. Wishing you the absolute best in your lives. Much peace and much joy.